0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Snooty Usher podcast. It's uh, again a full house tonight. So, hello, James. Hello, Dave. Hello, Rich. Hello, Dave. And hello, Dan.
1: Hello, Dave.
0: How are we all doing this evening? Are we all okay? Yes,
2: as always. Yeah, Still yeah. lockdown. Yeah, can't Under the thumb. Good. Well, indeed <laughs> are. yes.
0: So it's been quite a week. Um, both Rich and I made our debuts on an awful app called TikTok, um, which <laughs> we both swore we'd never do. Uh, not together.
2: Obviously no, sadly not. <laughs> wait wait, wait <laughs> for the Snooty Usha quartet <laughs> to uh, create <laughs> one.
0: I don't think the world is ready for that.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> So tonight, we, uh, as we record, it is uh, the 4th of May, um, which has been uh, shoehorned into being Star Wars Day, because May the 4th be with you, rolls off the tongue. It kind of makes me cringe a little bit, if I'm being brutally honest. But if it gives us an opportunity to talk about Star Wars, then I am going to take it. So tonight's going to be a Snooty Usher's Star Wars special. Uh, but before uh, we get onto that, uh, we're going to do a quick round the table um, to see what we've watched uh, this week and where we've watched it. So, uh, Rich, let's start with you. What have you been
2: watching this week? Uh, I've powered through four kind of different uh, uh, like films and TV. Uh, I started with The Princess Bride because uh, apparently that's a good film that people like. So I finally <laughs> jumped on that bandwagon. It was always a film I thought I'd seen. But uh, it's a film I'd never seen. Because when I watched it, I was like, this is, like, it's <laughs> almost like nothing. Of it. The only reference I had for it was the Once Upon a Deadpool thing with Fred Savage. <laughs> is that his name, Fred Savage? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And uh, I was like, so the film just, apparently he's just barely in the film, Fred Savage, and I thought he was a main part of it. So um, <laughs> uh, that's where that goes. And um, as the film goes, it's uh, not too bad. Uh, not I tough. laughed at no, uh, no, I, I, I laughed at eighty percent of uh, the dumb jokes in the film. Uh, I think it's obviously purposely dumb, like the, the whole like over the top sword battle between um, <laughs> uh, Dread Pirate Robots, we'll call them, and uh, Inigo Eagle Montoya. Is a uh, um, is absolutely ridiculous, and then it gets to a point where he goes, "I'm not, I'm, I'm keeping something from you. I'm left-handed." It's like, "All right, cool, that's funny." And then a minute later, the, the Dread Pirate always goes, "No, I'm left-handed as well." It's just so dumb. So uh, I think,
0: I think, I think what you've managed to do in the last probably twenty seconds is probably just butcher one of the best.
2: But no, <laughs> it's good
0: in the entire movie of probably one of the best screenplays. Like, you
2: think that's yeah, the best uh, bit? Yeah. I, I kind of like the uh, the set design from the uh, dungeon, uh, the bit down there. I think it, it, it all looks amazing, though. Like, because um, obviously back then, no, no, it doesn't seem like there's any computer shit in it, you know. But uh, everything was oh, just, yeah, was just looks like stuff, it? it looks mint. <laughs> Like <laughs> the whole thing, it looks like a storybook, and uh, obviously Columbo narrating uh, a lot of it's quite cool. Yeah,
0: I, th- I think the, the 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 whole thing about it is it's like, it's kind of like a, a love story to to fairy tales, isn't it? And um, it's just so clever. Like, and just like, they, they managed to get this, this film, which is about you know fairy tales and pirates and everything like that they get a joke about Vietnam and. It, you know, it's just—it's just so well done and so slick. And yeah, sorry, I'm just all over your choice. Oh no, it's fine. Right, I mean,
2: I, I, I loved it though. Like, um, I can't say anything bad about it, really. I mean, obviously the because I think they get away with it being so cheesy because it's just about a fairy tale, so they can get away with pretty much anything. So if anything bad looks bad in the film, you could just say, oh, no, well, it's just you know, it's part of the story. It's in the it's in the book." But there's nothing that's bad good. about the film, but you know, if anything's over at the top, it's like, well, it's just a kid's storybook, you know, it's fine. And then the whole the whole joke with Fred Savage about not really he doesn't he wants to skip parts and he's questioning sort of like no, that can't happen to the main <laughs> character. And uh <laughs> Columbo keeps threatening to sort of stop <laughs> the book and stuff. It's uh, that's really good. I enjoyed it. Finally, I can say I've watched good stuff. it. Good stuff. Uh does anybody want a peanut?
0: Oh, do you know, plus <laughs> it has probably one of the best performances of any wrestler in a movie I think, with Andrew <laughs> the Giant. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. well, I've seen uh, Steve Austin in The Condemned, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, contender. Uh, three other things I quickly watched: uh, <clears throat> Stranger Things season three. It was uh, it was good. You know, more the same really. Uh, I think that that them kids are getting a bit worn out now. To be honest, I've seen too much of them, and they're in everything else now that needs a, a child actor. So, uh, it just seems
0: to be the, the 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 guy who was kid who was in it. He seemed to be the one who pops up everywhere, like um, a Finn and Wolf 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 yeah, he's going to be yeah. in the new Ghostbusters. He was he did a voice in the Adams Family, and mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I kind of must be the only person on Earth. Sometimes it feels like I just don't I just don't really like Stranger Things. When like I checked out after the first series, I was like once. Well, I tell a lie. I watched the episode of the second series where the kids all get dressed up as ghostbusters yeah uh, but after that, I was like I can't even with this
2: uh, I think I just sat through it because I'd watched six episodes and I was like well I've got to finish it now and it all gets a bit over over the top towards the end it kind of loses its sort of like horror presence I think uh, it goes into a more action focused uh, ending um, and then uh, well, third... I will
0: tell you what sorry sorry to jump in mate, but I think
2: the 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 series lost
0: something when when they killed off Barb I think like, she was definitely the, uh, the the best character, Dan, don't you agree? Dan? Is Dan there?
3: That's silence. Oh,
0: <laughs>
2: well played, sir. <laughs> check, I checked check my, check my internet connection
0: there. <laughs> I have never said, met anyone who has had such a Outrageous reaction to yeah. hatred for a character as Dan has for Barb in Stranger Things.
1: <laughs> all right, all right I'll, let's clarify this. I don't have a hatred for the character of Barb. <laughs> I have a hatred for the reaction that came out after she died. She was nothing more than this auxiliary the character, or ancillary character. She's just this little throwaway person who was inte- All they were there were for is motivation for. Uh, our best friend to regret the fact that she ended up going, sleeping with what's his face, a Joe Siri. And then there's this, the the cult of Bob occurs. It's like, oh yeah, we're all Bob. It's like, get over yourself, man. These characters are in every film. They're in every TV show. And there's no reaction to it. Why? Why, Bob? What's so special about Bob?
0: It's the type of people that did that. With the same type of people that actually think they're in a house in Harry Potter. You know, like, well, I'm Ravenclaw and I'm I'm Hufflepuff. <laughs> Yeah. I, I like Superman, but I don't actually believe I'm going to go and read Daily Planet, you know. But, <laughs> but anyway, sorry, Rich, just jumped it's, all over the I, I,
2: I, I enjoy any moment that um, Dan has a spirited argument. That's fine with me. It's, uh, <laughs> and your third film, and finally, uh, quickly, I uh, watched a small found footage horror film called Willow Creek, which was about like um, these this couple who go in search of a uh, Bigfoot. Um, bit bit light on the uh, the old Bigfoot. Um, footage, but uh, there's plenty of them sort of, you know, Blair witched runny nose and stuff crying into the camera. Um, looking into it, it was di- uh, directed by a guy called Bobcat goldthwaite All right. If you know him. Isn't he oh, the from... little screaming guy from Police Academy? Police Academy. Academy. Yeah. Police yeah. Academy. Um, fun bit of a uh, trivia there. But yeah, um, Willow Creek, if you're interested in Bigfoot, I guess it might be up your street, but uh, nah, wasn't really for me. As follows the trend of two things I kind of liked and one I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, Willow Creek, if you want a, a lot of people crying and sort of dodgy footage of the ground running away. So yeah, there you go. Three films. Okay.
0: Okay, James. Uh, what have you been watching?
3: So um after after Dev's last week um there's a, a sort of slightly similar um show that's just popped up on uh, Amazon Prime um it's called Upload um and it's it's kind of dealing with a, a sort of similar kind of idea. Um, the it's uh, Robbie uh, Amel, uh, Amel. Oh yeah, yeah. Who, who, who looks for, to me looks like a bit like a like an uncanny valley uh, Mikel Arteta um, for for people who know is, but um, he's basically uh, an, like an LA slash programmer who becomes uh, who basically dies and gets uploaded to his his rich girlfriend's family's sort of afterlife program that they've they've got, and it, it takes some ideas from like some Black Mirror episodes, um, the the. the Probably, probably, the most the most famous like love episode of Black Mirror. I don't want to spoil it if anyone hasn't seen it, but but that episode it kind of takes that idea. But imagine if the person you imagine if if like the person who you decided to spend your afterlife with, if you weren't sure if they actually were your soulmate, if it was someone you just started dating, sort of thing. Um, so it, it's 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 pretty it's pretty good, but it's also it's made by um it's made by Greg Daniels, who's the guy behind the American version of The Office and Parks and Rec, what? and it's got a lot of it's got a lot of comedy in it, a lot of satire satire. But like um, but like healthcare and uh, various other things, um. But it's it, it's really good. Um. There's the episodes are like are, are like sitcom length. They're only twenty two sort of minutes long, um. And it's also it's got one one for you, Dave. It's got well f- for anyone who's a, a fan of a certain TV series. Um. The, the chain smoking man from X Men, oh. uh, from from X Files, uh, is in. He's one of the oh well, not him, but like the actor is in a, is in it as well. Oh nice. So, uh, so that's one. Uh, it's uploading. That's on. That's on. Uh, on uh, yeah, Amazon Prime. at the minute. Um, another thing I want to mention was on on YouTube, Toast of London, <laughs> Matt Pe- Matt Berry's um, Matt Berry's show about uh, about an actor uh, from London. Um, basically, there's, there's some more with, with the with the isolation that's going on. at the minute, they've produced some more episodes that are on YouTube. to Watch. Um, the audio only, but there's like five episodes. They're only a few minutes long each. But He's got most of the main characters are back for it, and it's it's really really good. Um, and so Stephen Toast just trying to make phone calls, trying to live his life um, in in the lockdown, which it's, it's just really good. And then the third thing I want to mention was basically because of because of the podcast um, with uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison. Um, I've been I've been watching um, rewatching the early episodes of, of Scrubs because yes. they're doing a podcast where they they rewatch the early episodes, and I just want to mention that as well because I'm watching them recently. And just a few days ago, they mentioned um a few episodes ago, they mentioned how great Sam Lloyd was, um, and his band and everything. The Blanks, um, and he tragically died this week, early this week. Um, played played Ted the lawyer in uh, in Scrubs. So I thought I wanted to mention that as well. For the uh, for for a twenty year old, almost twenty year old sitcom, it really 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 stands up quite well. Yeah, I think exactly so. That... And, and, oh, and and I know saying that Scrubs is nearly twenty years old makes everyone feel absolutely yeah. ancient, but. Uh, but you know? yeah, but yeah, it still holds up
0: to the record. I just watched it like the last. I mean, it just came back on all four, I think. But it came on about a year ago, and I watched it again, and was surprised that one how funny it still was, and and how how yeah. fresh it was. Um, but just how objectified uh Sarah Chalk is, particularly at first in the early seasons. Oh, she's got her top off. Yeah, every second. I was <laughs> like, God, this is still, this is a wee bit, I don't like it, like, it's a wee bit uncomfortable, but, you know, obviously the, the writing and the, the actual show itself, kind of. There is,
3: so, so on the podcast, they have like, they've had Bill Lawrence on had John C. McGinley was on it, Um, uh, uh, Julius Minoza, uh, Sarah chalk has been on it as well, um, within like the first sort of 10 episodes, um, but, but one of the things that Bill Lawrence has said that he really wanted to push it for like, like what, what you could show on network TV. And he also said that that's why he made sure that, that he had almost as much male nudity, yeah, or he had as much male nudity in it as he did a uh, female nudity as well. So he he really wanted to balance it, and that's something that they uh, that's something that they try to do anyway. Good, good.
0: Anything else? Oh no, that, that's it. That's, that's the okay. okay, excellent. Daniel, what about yourself?
1: Once again, I haven't managed to watch a lot. Uh, uh, but what I have seen, I've really enjoyed. Uh, I've been watching the TV show Breeders. On Sky One, starting, starring Martin Freeman and an actress whose name now escapes me. Uh, now, I don't have kids, but I found this uh, show really sharp, really witty, really, really well written. Like 25 minute a pop episodes. It was just about two parents who struggle to deal with the kids as well as dealing with life. And I, I found it really, really funny. I don't know if any one of you guys That's, have watched it, but I'll strongly recommend
0: it. I have I haven't seen her yet. Her name is Daisy Haggard. Um and she's she's brilliant. Like yes. I don't know if anyone remembers um, a sketch show a few years ago called Man Stroke Woman, um mm-hmm. which had Nick Frost, it had um, Daisy Haggard was in it, Amanda Abingdon was in it um the little guy from around here that's uh that was in game of thrones whose name i keep forgetting um he was in it and I, 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 the guy who played nathan barley as well
3: he was in it, wasn't oh, he well? it was
0: it was one of those like really it really pushed it was really dark black comedy in places and some of it was brilliant um and i've always she was one of the best things in it um and uh Yeah, so it's been on my list, not because Mark Freeman's been in it, which you know he's great, I guess, but I decided to watch that because she's in it, because I always kind of liked her. Um, Cool. Anything else in
1: it as well? Uh, The two films I've watched, uh, I've finally got around to watching Extraction, which uh, James talked about last week, I believe. Uh, Very much enjoyed it. It's a film that should have really came out the cinema, I think. Uh, It's one of the one of the few sort of straight to Netflix original releases, that was actually I like, I like Brighter, really good it? from start to finish. Uh like Bright, yeah. Sorry? I like, I'd, I like, sorry? I'd like... <laughs> You know, it was Bright was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't brilliant. It was okay. I think it had some promise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe it should have been bought by someone other than Max Landis, though. Uh, but no, Extraction was really good. It owes a lot to John Wick, uh, very much in terms of action scenes and uh, violence. And it can get a little bit sort of derivative, but what I really liked about it, and it's one of those sort of weird things that not it won't be everyone's taste, is that I like having bad characters in films. Like I don't have to, I don't always have to have the main character be a hero or someone that I like. Uh, this film is full of people who do evil things or bad things, mm-hmm. and they aren't very good people. You know, like Chris Hemsworth and his. I guess the team that he works or the mercenaries and obviously they're working for a mm-hmm. drug lodge to get his son back and they're killing people. Sure, they're mm-hmm. killing bad people. They're still killing people and causing havoc along the way. Uh, I really enjoyed it and Chris yes. Hemsworth plays yeah. Broken really, really well. Like I can't, I can't wait to see him in some more sort of serious drama uh dramatic stuff because I think he could do really, really well. Mm-hmm. I think he's obviously found his niche doing comedy but I hope this is a a turning point from where he starts taking on some more serious roles. Uh, I mean, you get flashes of it as uh, Fat Thor, I guess, in Avengers. But like, he's he plays dark and broken in this really, really well. And I'd recommend anyone mm-hmm. to watch it because it's got some really great action uh, th- throughout the film, and it is violent. And yeah, I, I like I like bad characters in films, and there are some really bad people in this. Yeah. Nice little turn by David Harbour as well, getting in any cameo he can. Uh, the the last film I watched was sadly not as good or enjoyable. Was sh- you should I UK? Yeah, I've, I've spoken about really, this.
2: Like it's, uh, it's pretty cause it's, abysmal. What's on there at the minute?
1: Yeah, the offerings have been pretty poor uh, compared to the US version, and it'll all be down to rights and whatnot. But with rights, just means not presumably willing to pay the the rights to it. Uh, so I ended up watching a film called 0.0 Megahertz, which is a Korean horror film, uh, which had a good premise, just a group of students go to a haunted house in the the sort of outskirts of a Korean town, and they're trying to, I guess, summon a ghost by using necromancy in one way shape or another. And obviously they think it doesn't work. It does. And then you you get some of the worst CGI I've possibly ever seen in a a film. Uh, It's like CGI moths, CGI crows, CGI hair. And it was like, well... This is immediately like t- if you're gonna. I don't like rating films that like out of stars, but this is pretty much. <laughs> oh, this is a Shudder original as well. What as... score you are gonna have? That's just it, um, I say Shudder original of probably because of Parasite. They've been mm-hmm. everyone's going. Oh, what Korean films can yeah, I go buy the, the rights to and tag. put on my streaming service? Yeah, and I mean this must have been low budget in Korea because it doesn't look good. And despite its solid opening and good premise. It completely sags and gets really, really boring. Like, not a lot happens. And then, like, there's this, I guess, this reveal of, like, a, a floating head with all this hair and its eyes go red. And it, it goes like, you know, like those scenes in manga yeah. or anime when a character well, yeah, goes I know, crazy yeah. and the eyes just start going in all directions. It, it, and it looks silly. It does that. And I was like, what? Man,
2: that's that's this disappointing. Scary. Yeah. It actually looks all right. Looks I'm just looking stupid. at
1: it now. Yeah. I watched the trailer with Andrea and we're like, yeah, we'll watch that. And uh, I wish there was another film I watched, uh, which is a shame. I mean, I, I, like, I like Korean horror, is really, really good. And I feel like this <laughs> How is, many megahertz are 10? On, on, on that oh, I'll oh, agree with that. Is it 0.0? Really like 0. 0. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's got a good location, a good setting. Like, That's good, There's a yeah. horror film called The Whale in a Korean horror film, which is really good. Uh, so much better than this, and it, it has a very similar setting to start off with, but uh, yeah, it's it's a missed opportunity. But I feel like if, if it was a western film, it would be just be like one of your other generic slashes that like you've got in the 90s, okay? But yeah, that, that's all okay, I've
0: watched cool. this week. Um, weekend. again, uh, I'm a tad more mainstream. Um, I have watched a Netflix original film called The Willoughbys, oh, yeah, the um, animated. Yeah, it's kind of like got a sort of Coraline feel to the animation. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I wasn't really expecting to. Um, It's narrated by um, Ricky Gervais as a cat. Um, And it's about kind of these four kids of these really horrible parents who hatched this plan to... Um, make their own family without their mum and dad. I mean, their mum and dad are just odious. Uh, voiced by uh, Martin Short and Jane Krasowski from uh, like Kimmy Schmidt and so other people. So that's things. got a good voice cast um, on this
2: mind for a Netflix film.
0: Yeah, and like the, the sort of the, the oldest child is voiced by uh, Will Forty, you know, McGruber himself. <laughs> um, and uh, so Terry Crews is in it, Maya Rudolph's in it as well. As to yeah, say, Ricky, your face. Um, but just the kids are really fun, and you, you just get invested in it. And I mean, my my daughters have like, it's been on in the background like for the last like two weeks, and then I, I one day I just sort of sat down and watched it with them, and I really really enjoyed it. So if you kind of wanna like sit down have a bit of a, a sort of family film day, uh, you could do a lot worse than the ninety two minutes that is the Willoughbys, which is a Netflix original. So you will catch that on there. Um, the other uh, thing. I've I've been kind of looking at Disney Plus a lot, and they've been releasing these uh, shorts uh, called 4K Asks a Question. Um, that when uh, obviously when Disney Plus launched in America, they, they kind of had these like five minute shorts of uh, 4K asking the other toys in Bonnie's room different things like what is time, what is love, and stuff. Um, so I'd started watching them, and it kind of just like when it suggested other things to watch, I realized there's loads of the pixar shorts that Mm -hmm. i just hadn't seen um so i watched through a few i just want to pick out a couple um of particularly good ones um one that i I did see in the cinema because it was one with incredibles 2 was uh bao uh which was set in uh canada and it's like a kind of chinese canadian um mother who uh is obviously estranged from her son and there's a whole allegory played out over this little bow sort of cookie thing that turns into her son and it's just absolutely beautifully animated, it's a really lovely story um, and then I kind of start with the ones I knew so I watched Lava which was on with Moana I believe which is like a really hmm. moving kind of um, Hawaiian sort of song uh, and then I came across one that i have really embarrassed I hadn't seen which is partly cloudy um, Oh yes, yeah Oh my goodness, that was just brilliantly. And it, cause it kind of builds on the old sort of uh, fable of the clouds and the storks that make the babies and everything. And mm-hmm. it was just really its just a nice story about friendship. Um, And then the other one that really kind of I found really moving was La Luna, uh, which mm-hmm. is the grandfather and the father take the young boy out uh, to the you think they're taking him out fishing, but what they actually do is they move. The, they move the stars and the moon, so like, oh, it's just beautiful. So, if you have Disney, uh, go and check out all of Pixar's uh shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, like, partly Bow, La Luna, and Lava are four mm-hmm. that I would uh, most definitely um suggest to watch. Um, and finally, the uh, Guy Ritchie's Snatch was on uh Sky movies the other night just after Kelly went to bed and I kinda was flicking the channels and it had just started and I just love it man. I just it's one of it's one of my most quotable films of all time. Like Brad Pitt as the sort of pikey boxing champion and Jason Statham's narration and it's just a a, like a really good sort of British gangster film. Um yeah so that's what oh I tell you what one more thing I, I wanna I wanna quickly mention is it was the the last episode in the current season of Friday Night Dinner, uh, which aired on oh, Friday yes. night, yeah. and it was probably—I uh, mean, it was a, the series was 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 good throughout, uh, but this episode, it's like it takes like the the very notion of what a situation comedy is is a very very simple premise that you build and build and build throughout the twenty-five minutes or however long it's on, and this episode. As one of the best examples of what a good situation comedy is, um, it was just hilarious from start to finish. It starts with a really simple premise of how the dad manages to get glass in the soup, you know, and it just builds on it, and builds on it, and builds on it. Um, and as I say, if, if you if you've watched the film for, the, the, watched the series for six years, and you're invested in these characters, it's a really ending. and uh, if that is. <laughs> Of the then you know it's a, it's a nice farewell to them I hope it's not, um, but uh, as I say just it, it's just brilliant I think it it's probably now it's up there with the the big carrot uh, episodes you know where he, he uses the carrot to <laughs> the smoke alarm it's probably up there with that it's the one that's probably made me laugh the most um, throughout the series but yeah so I just wanted to put a quick uh, a quick um, shout out to Friday Night Dinner so. Uh, Again, that is uh, quite a plethora of things to watch and not to watch. Uh, Please don't be put off by Rich's oversimplification of... The Princess Bride. No, it's a lot uh, deeper than you,
2: you think. There's a lot more layers to the comedy than uh actually first thought. It's like it's, oh, it's so good. i was just to watch it again. Like, the whole, I think... <laughs> the, the, poison, the whole so Poison thing is so good as well. The whole conversation he has with Wallace Shawn about uh, <laughs> the Poison and his intellect being better than his. It's it's absolutely <laughs> fantastic.
0: I think just a bit where he, he keeps saying inconceivable is the moment where, <laughs>
2: where
0: <laughs> Mandy Patemkin <laughs> turns to him and he says, you keep using the I don't think it means (laughs) anything. Absolutely brilliant. So, before we get started um, on the the Star Wars, we're going to have the little Usher versus Usher versus Usher challenge uh, to see Dan as the reigning champion at the moment because uh, it turns out Yoda isn't in Star Wars. (laughs) So, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you an actor um, and you're going to let me know which a film that he has starred in, okay? And that actor, given the fact that we are talking about Star Wars, is Harrison Ford, okay? So, we're going to start with James, okay? So, if... if I'm going to put a couple of caveats here, so we're not here all night. So, if um, you say Harrison Ford was in Star Wars, and then that is the entirety of the Star Wars saga, okay? Uh, If you say he was... uh, that's the entirety of the of franchise. The Indiana Jones. Like you can't oh. just we can't just say oh he was in the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and then so if you say what like Indiana Jones, then that's all the Indiana Jones films okay so James okay. would you like to start with Harrison Ford? Um,
2: I'll go Star Wars. <laughs>
0: Correct. Uh, <laughs> Rich,
2: uh, I'll go Indiana Jones. <laughs>
0: Amazingly correct.
1: Dan? Uh, excellent. Um, clear and present danger. James? Um, I'll go
3: the fugitive.
0: Fugitive, excellent. Richard?
2: Ender's game. Game. Dan? Shit, that must be Oh, morning, uh, glory.
1: Morning glory.
0: No, I'm just trusting that the Snowy Ushers don't have IMDB in front <laughs> of <also.
1: laughs>
0: Go, James, back to you. No, no, I
2: watched um, one I'll, I'll Blade Runner. Okay, More oh, Glory, shit, yeah. Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah, Rich. Uh, one of my favourite sci-fis, Cowboys versus... Cowboys and Aliens, sorry.
0: Ooh. Yes, I thought I was going to have to eliminate you there, but Aliens, yep. Yeah. Dad? Uh, One of the best films of the 80s. Uh, Ooh, nice.
1: Yes. Oh, nice, we... yes. Oh, no, Um um,
0: oh, one more, and um, oh, he's in trouble. Hollywood, Hollywood homicide. Oh, come on. Hollywood homicide. Pulling them out. The bag.
2: Yeah.
0: Mike. Okay, Rich.
2: Oh, I can't. He was on a one about like a plane jacking.
0: Um, oh, I'm going to have to count you down. Uh, Air Force? Time... Air Force. Oh, time's up, though. Nope. Rich is out. Dan, you've got to finish... It. <laughs> Would it, it be remiss of it.
1: me to finish uh, Richard's answer? Oh, Air get Air out of here,
2: man. Come <laughs> on. Air Force One. It's the President's plane, of course.
1: <laughs> okay, James.
3: Oh, I'm really struggling now. Um, uh,
0: uh, what's the one? Six Days, Seven Nights? Is Six that... Days, Seven <sighs> Nights. I don't think... No, oh, is the title? is correct. Oh, he's by-stilling.
1: <laughs> oh, that uh, the most recent cinematic release the Harrison, oh, was yeah. a, the Call of the Wild.
0: Okay, James.
1: Um. Oh
3: no, I think I'm the um. Uh, Toy Story. Um. Uh, Toy Story Four.
0: He was he? not in Toy Story Four. I think what no. you're thinking of is Secret Life of Pets Two. Oh man, yeah. Uh, so. He plays the so James is yeah. out, so Dan, all you have to do is name a Harrison Ford film, and you've claimed another victory. Uh,
1: I mentioned this film uh, last week when we were talking about sports. I was he's uh, very yeah, disappointed if that 42. was
0: not on your list, but yes, he was in 42. <laughs> uh, things that you could have had which you didn't was The Age of Adeline, uh, The Expendables 3, Anchorman 2, The Legend continues. Oh, yeah. Um what else we've got, Extraordinary, yeah. Firewall K19 The Widowmaker, oh, What Lies Beneath? Oh, uh, the, yeah, The Devil's Own, uh, regarding Henry, working girl, oh, frantic mosquito coast, that. um, mosquito well, coast, cool, yeah, uh, Force 10 from Navarone, which is the sequel to Guns of the Navarone, apparently, um, and uh, American Graffiti, which is one of his early roles, um, with. Hmm. George Lucas. So I was
2: getting one. confused on playing films, right? Because I thought that he was in a one with Steven Seagal, but I don't think he was. That was Cut Russell. Was it? Yeah, that it wasn't me. Really that yeah. one I was thinking, trying to think of as well.
0: Make I you thinking I think of an executive decisions? Yeah, I because believe.
2: of a similar film both on big planes. <laughs> so next week, uh, the Our Shows will be joined by Anna Carey, um, who seems to
1: know <laughs> well, I, more, I, more,
0: I, but she would not have I
2: got, got uh, don't a <laughs> bloody are in present danger in six days, seven nights, I can tell you that. Outstanding. Okay, so, as I say, today is um,
0: May the 4th, it is Star Day, which I think we can agree that we all love Star Wars to um, differing degrees. Um, as I say, it is a particularly important film franchise to me, given the fact that my first, um, or one of my earliest cinema memories is uh, going to see Star Wars with my dad, and um, and uh, obviously some of my later ones, uh, which we'll probably talk about when we come to talk about The Force Awakens. I don't think any of us have got good memories of that film. Um, but uh, So what we're going to do is we're going to go around the table and talk a bit about Star Wars, if that's all right with you, lads. Yes. So the first thing is, what does Star Wars mean to you? Now, I'm going to kick that off, if that's all right, because um, I kind of just started talking about it there. So one of my cinema memories was uh, my dad took me to a double bill of uh, Star Wars, as it was called then, and The Empire Strikes Back. And this was in the old, now demolished Odean cinema in Hamilton. And this was probably a couple of weeks before Return of the Jedi uh, came out in the cinema, so I was about six. Um, and uh, I'd been to the cinema once before to see a re-release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and um, as I say, I was all well and good. But when I came out of this, it was like something had just like clicked. And I was like, I just loved every single minute of it. And I've said before, various different platforms that I can trace my love for not just Star Wars, but for film down to the moment when I was sat watching Star Wars. And um, it's right at the end when the X-Wings are going towards the Death Star. And Red Leader says, Lock like S-Foils in attack position and then the X-Wings do their little thing and I just it's something to do with that moment and uh, I just knew that yeah I was I was going to enjoy this and a uh, film was something that you know has gone on to shape my life in the intervening 37 years since that day um, yeah it just means like it's childhood Star Wars I had everything you know, you think my my cave is full of, uh, my it's full of memorabilia now. Like I had every single toy, I had every lunchbox, pajamas, bedspreads. Like if a biscuit had a had a stormtrooper on it, I made my mum buy it. Um, and uh, it's just one of those things. It's just always been there, you know. Like whenever I was sick as a kid, I'd put on Return of the Jedi, and there's always something about the Sarlacc pit that always I just loved that battle. Um, and then as I grew up. You know, it was just always there. I always watched Star Wars. You know, and I can I can do the original trilogy like totally word pretty much. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think for me, you know, I have a really good relationship with my mother, in spite of the fact that she threw out almost Star Wars toys, which is something that <laughs> I have. You know, and I mean, you guys know me and know how much of a collector I am. Uh, in the day that I went home and found out my mom had chucked out all my old Star Wars stuff was was not a, <laughs> not a good day for me. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I think what Star Wars means to me is just I, I guess the word happiness is the word I would use because yeah, there's been some rough moments. Uh, but it's kept kind ship of, you know it's like you have your ups and you have your downs and you know the ups are like a childhood of wonderful memories with those films, the downs being the the prequel trilogy and having to work during Force Awakens in a cinema, which was, <laughs> was bloody awful. But um, but then when I was sat in the cinema watching Rise of Skywalker, all the good memories I had from the sort of Star Wars movies all sort of came flooding back. So, yeah, so I think I guess happiness would be my what Star Wars means to me. <laughs> so uh, I will pass it over to James to see what do you what does Star Wars mean to you? Uh, Rich, so you've already said that you are a big fan of the prequels. So
2: right. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say a big fan. Like I, I can't really like speak to uh, like the love of Star Wars as much as you know someone like you that watched the premiere in your teenage years. Um, <laughs> and obviously, uh, I think James is a little bit more sort of invested in the uh, franchise because I did a, I did a weird thing. Like I had I didn't watch Star Wars like until after I'd seen. Um, phantom menace so i never watched the original until i'd seen phantom menace in 1999 was it right yeah, 99, Ooh, yeah. yeah. so um obviously watching the phantom menace and i'm like <laughs> wow this looks all technological but then going back and i just I, I i love the story i just don't think in my mind back then i was like this doesn't look as good if you know what i mean yeah. Sure, I, mean, I I still, love, it, I yeah. still, I still love the story. There's the still bits in, like you know, one of the best moments is from the uh, original trilogy. Um, it was just I had watched the prequels um, first, so in the, in the correct order, apparently. I
0: think for you it's like as as I say, you're you're a, a bit younger than the uh, the well than James, and certainly a lot younger than me. <laughs> yeah, um, but. So I, we we make a joke about well, Rich doesn't watch anything before 1990, but like I think it it, it wasn't probably that's probably true in a way, and, and the fact is it the haircuts are probably the things that have dated the worst in in the original series. So yeah. if you have <laughs> what 1999 or 2000, then you know I guess it it's going to look odd. Effect. Yeah, <laughs> definitely.
2: And uh, I mean, to me at the moment, it's it's more like. I don't have a, a, like uh, an emotional attachment at Star Wars but if anything it's just events cinema to me like I know it's going to be <laughs> the most talked about sort of thing going on for months so you have to be involved almost so yeah. when a Star Wars film comes out I sort of double down and I'll go back and watch um you know prequels the you know the original trilogy and I'll catch back up on it um, just so I can be in the conversation in the loop so it's not something I shy away from it's just uh to me, it's event cinema, uh, and okay. I don't really have like a, an emotional uh, connection with it. But I still, regardless, I still enjoy the films. I don't really have a bad thing to say about them, except Attack of the Clones, so that can go in a bit.
0: Yeah, we'll, talk, we'll, come to, we'll come to that
2: later.
3: <laughs> okay, Dad, what about you? So, so obviously, Dave, I'm, I'm so much younger than you that um, for me, Star Wars was a, like the original trilogy was like a package that, that had already come out when I was when I was kind of became aware of it. Um, as we know, Dave, you, you you were watching the 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 premiere of the first one as a yeah, as an eighteen year old. Yeah, yes, I won't um, get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so obviously for, for me, um, again, it's it's I, I, I'm I'm not just going to parrot what you say, but it was such a big part of like my, my childhood. It was like it was like what dinosaurs, toy cars, and Star Wars basically were my oh and, and the He-Man as well, I suppose. But that was basically as a, as a kid, that's kind of what I what I like what I liked. Uh, to play with and what I like to watch um the I remember watching a battle with with my uh one of my friends from school Matt um and it was we were watching it on a really, on a really small tv and um all pretty, pretty much all you could make out was the the different colored like lightsabers pretty much all you could see on the, on this, this really small tv that you had but even then the two of us like reenacting the bits from it and everything um and it's just like it's just such a it's such like a great part of of my childhood. and. and I'm I'm not I'm not alone with that. Putting millions and millions of people around the world, childhood. Um, but the one thing that I want to say, what it means to me is, it kind of shows the power of of cinema because it was it's like a magical kind of thing that that like you said there, Dave. You remember going to see it and um, on on and that that kind of moment that kind of turned on your your whole love of cinema that that yeah. that you know was still going long decades later still going along decades later. Same with same with myself, but it also kind of shows how how disillusioned you can be when that kind of goes wrong as well. And I mean that, I, I do mean that in a positive way because the look that people have for, for a thing like, like Star Wars when it when it goes wrong, um I generally believe that, that the Phantom Menace kind of like backlash is, is the same as like the cynical backlash we've seen like the latest Star Wars films where people are complaining that, that a certain character doesn't react in this in a certain way. And it's that's very that's a very kind of like kind of I genuinely believe that *Phantom Menace* was people just being disappointed with the film, rather than it being a um, rather than it being a, a backlash against the film. It was, it was, and it, it's a film that really disillusioned me with the the whole kind of thing. So much so that I didn't even watch um, *Revenge of the Sith* until like years after it came out. I was so kind of turned off by like someone, someone making a a film that for me was like about childhood wonder, and turn it into a film about um, tax and tariffs, yeah. trade tariffs and that kind of thing um, and parliamentary procedure um, so by the time after that and Attack of the Clones I was totally turned off but, but that was because so for me what it always means is it's the power of cinema because then and you know decades decades later after that Force Awakens comes out and it was all back it was, I was taken back to that that first time that I saw it You know that that fanfare, that blast of the fanfare of music and um, it was, it was all forgotten. It was all forgiven, and like a like a relationship where you've had that other argument, and you know you just run back into each other's arms, and it's it's all good again. That's kind of right, and that's what so that's what Star Wars means to me. It's basically like a distillation of of the of the power of cinema. Basically,
1: I've got some big memories uh, of going to cinema. and Obviously, I was I didn't get, have a chance to see the original ones in their original form, at least in the cinema. I caught them all on VHS, and something that struck with me throughout the years is how much of an impact those films had on me. Despite the fact I was watching them on a VHS on a small TV in a living room, uh, no film or very few films have had that same impact on me since being completely captivated by what was going on. Uh, I mean, it's it's a to me it's this perfect example of world building and fantasy that uh, was a. A big part of my upbringing, in terms of film and TV, uh, like being brought up on the likes of stuff like *Crawl* and *Star Wars* and those fantasy science fiction films, uh, as well as literature as well. And I think one of the biggest parts of it is like, much like yourself, Dave, have, I didn't have all the toys, but I had a lot of them They're handed down from my older brother, uh, and that's how a lot of this information was sort of passed down and. Uh, me and my brothers would play religiously, making up our own stories and having our own battles with all the figures from all the films. Uh, and it's Star Wars to me—it's so much more than a film, and it's so much more than this wider universe that I became in literature and TV and whatnot. It's—it's it's not quite a way of life, but it's infiltrated so many parts of my childhood that it's an unforgettable experience, and it brought so much happiness outside of the films as well. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been possible. With
0: cool. I th- Do you know? I totally, I, I totally agree with that. It's it's so much more than a film for me as well, and um, I'm not like I don't go into too much to the. It's not the expanded universe anymore because it's all kind of been canonized or not, hasn't it? But um, I, I just love it, and I think yeah, there is the, the prequel trilogies which we'll talk about are, are a mess, but it, it, it's just a whole experience, you know, and. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll we'll talk a, in a bit more detail about uh, about the films later on. But if you were to pick out one character, uh, which character would you pick out uh, and why? So again, I, on this, and ah, kind of been round the houses because you know it's it's I love I love, um, love Poe from the from the new trilogy. I just kind of loved because I was my favourite ship was X Wing in the original. Uh, Series, uh, I just wanted to. If, if I could make anything real, um, it would be a. It would be an X-wing fighter, and I would love to fly an X-wing fighter. Um, and uh, so, the fact that Poe Dameron was our main character in mm-hmm. the Star Wars film, I, mm-hmm. I just thought he was great. And this, by the time you get to like Skywalker, he's kind of this, kind of like swashbuckling hero who mm-hmm. manages to have chemistry with every single thing. If he was talking yeah. to a plank of wood, you know, the scene would probably sizzle. Uh, he's very kind of like first he kind of echoes sort of Han Solo or Harrison Ford sort of charisma, but then it's even like like it's almost like Errol Flynn, you know that kind of swashbuckling yeah, hero. Yeah. Um, but then I was I was watching A New Hope um, when I was kind of doing some research for this, and I I, I just really struggle to say. I know it's such a such an obvious answer to say Han Solo, <laughs> but he has just. <laughs> you know, it's like that that bit in the uh, in the 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 Millennium Falcon where Luke all of a sudden becomes an expert on the Force, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he, he, he the line, the line he said is he says something like um, "Good against remotes is one thing, kid, but good against eleven is something else." And I was like,
1: yeah.
0: "It's almost like somebody else is writing his dialogue. It's just so much yeah. better. Yeah. Than everyone else's. you know, and, <laughs> um, and so charismatic and so." Larger than life, that I, I really struggle to pick someone other than him. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be really obvious, man. And, and I have to pick Han, I'm going to have to pick Han Solo just over, um, Poe Dameron, and only just over the old Ben version of Obi Wan. As much mm-hmm. as I love you, McGregor. The, like some of the, the scripts of those early films make it impossible to choose Obi Wan. But just, just old Ben, the whole like sort of confused like old man hiding all this wisdom, and I, I love Guinness's performance. Uh, but yeah, so it has to be really obvious in choosing Han Solo. So, yeah, so that that's for me. So, James, have you got any advance on Han Solo? Or are we just well, all gonna pick so, so, Han Solo? So,
3: so, Han Solo is the correct answer. I mean, so yeah. yes, of course, um, yeah, but um, but I, so I'll I'll go slightly differently then. Um, the so I, I was thinking, I was thinking Darth Vader from Rogue One era, Darth Vader is just so right. badass that. It was, it was nearly him. Um, I, like, like I, I was going to say, I was going to with you that. Paul Paul Dameron is just so, so so cool, so cool. He, he's almost like, al- although it goes against because obviously he's just a rip off of Ace Rimmer from Red Dwarf. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's, it's just, I mean, uh, Oscar Isaacs, he's, he's just stolen the whole character from uh, from Chris Barry there. Um, the and uh, another point uh, was Mad Mickelson in um, in a Rogue One as well as as the, the kind of designer of the. Uh, of the of the Death Star, um, just because it it kind of finishes like Kevin Bacon's um, uh, Kevin Smith's bit from Clerks about the the contractors on the Death Star. Um oh, yes. It's basically like, it's basically I reckon it's just a big riff on that that kind of idea because you know what what really would a contractor do who gets you know assigned to work on a Death Star? I think this is what would actually happen um, to him. Um, but yeah, I, I was I, I, I can't it's really hard to past Han Solo. Just for the fact that, you know, everything that you said and then the force awakens then adds just one extra layer of like awesomeness. That 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 kind of scene with a uh, uh, that kind of scene in the cockpit when they're just kind of riffing off each other of like of how to look after the Millennium Falcon. Um and then of course the unfortunate incident that happens to him halfway through. Um yeah. it, it it it's really difficult for me to choose someone else. So I'm gonna choose Princess Leia instead. Just because she does, she does because because she does everything that Harrison Ford, that that Han Solo does, but then she, you know, lasts an extra extra film on top of him. So you know, I'll I'll say, I'll say, uh,
0: Princess Leia. Yeah, there we go. Cool, Uh, Rich.
2: Uh, So I've racked my brains over this. Um, Basically, three, uh, two, actually two strong contenders. Um, the first one is everyone's favorite Gungan from Naboo, Jar uh, Jar Binks. Obviously, uh, a fantastic sort of addition and great comedy relief um, in The Phantom Menace. Actually, uh, uh, can, you can know. Someone,
3: can, can someone send an ambulance to Dave?
2: I think he might have just had a, an aneurysm. Paired <laughs> well with their uh, Qui Gon Jin. Um, <laughs> I think their, their back and forth was like almost Laurel and Hardy ish. It was very. Uh, very entertaining. I've, uh,
0: I've, I've just texted Anna to come up and give you a slap. <laughs> right, <there's... laughs>
2: but in all seriousness, it's mine's actually very odd um, because it's none of the main cast. It's uh it's only one real name because I obviously, like I said before, I watched the prequels first, and um, for some reason, Mace Windu always stuck in my <laughs> head. One because he had like a, a, such an odd colored lightsaber, being purple. <laughs> Right. So that always stuck in my head. And it was Samuel L. Jackson that played it. So for some, every time Star Wars was mentioned, I like I always bring up Mace Windu. And you know, he's probably ranked among the, the best um mm-hmm. Jedi. Uh, you know, high above Yoda and Luke and stuff like that. And uh, you know, he easily dispatches Palpatine in... uh Palpatine, Palpatine in mm-hmm. um Revenge of the Sith. Uh I mean he has an untimely demise, obviously, and um he sort of repels the Force lightning with his purple lightsaber, which Ray uses in the newest one, so, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, clearly gets that from him. Um, but now there's it, it. It's such a weird thing because I would love to say you know the main cast, but also just Mace we do. It was just such an odd character when I watched it. I was like, it <laughs> just makes no sense, really. He's it's has got garbage, such huh? like a, an odd lightsaber, and it's Samuel L. Jackson. No, hell? I remember seeing <laughs> he was on. uh
0: TFI Friday, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it was what was it now? It, he said he was talking to Chris Evans and he's like, What would you do? What was what? he said? I want to be in Star Wars. Um, he said, I don't care what I, I have to do, uh, I'll play Lando Calrissian's father, I'll do whatever. But course, <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later, it was announced that he was going to be in yeah. Star Wars, and not only that, he's a Jedi and he got to pick his own lightsaber and all that. I was like, mm-hmm. What?
2: So yeah, I know that might sound like an odd one, but um, it it is just the name that always comes back to us, and uh, I always just associate, uh, you know, whenever someone mentions Star Wars, oh Mace Windu. <laughs> you remember that scene in *Revenge of the Sith*? What think? The, uh...
0: the biggest, the biggest thing about Mace Windu, the biggest sort of disappointment is just how he was used in those prequel movies. And, and he had a <laughs> couple of good moments, but then the character is in the Clone War series quite a lot. And he's just really cool in that. So yeah, yeah. he's quite uh, easily
2: dispatched by uh, Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just goes down quite easy. <laughs> it's a bit disappointing, but uh, yeah, that's fine.
0: Okay, so Dan, what about you?
1: Uh, I'm sure, like us all, I had a lot of diff- a lot of difficulty picking this. Uh, not because I don't. Well, yeah, I don't really have a main favorite character. I think when I was, especially the original trilogy, I was always more fascinated by. The sort of side characters that you would catch a glimpse of and I, I really wanted to know more about them so when watching return of the jedi like i was fascinated by pretty much all yeah. the characters that were in jabba's palace excellent like i, I thought bib fortuna looked so cool i want to know about Bob fortuna uh in empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. like i loved the fact that i had the bounty hunters and i was like oh who, who are these like who's boss boss looks cool i want to know more about him i think it wasn't really until the new trilogy where i found a character like there's a character who i've watched on screen and thought wow that's, if there's a character that is about is what, it oh. close to me, no, I'm, I'm not going to have Force powers.
2: Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't let you finish this
1: close to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey. Touché. Touché. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, think, I, did, I think Force Awakens was a decent film. I don't think it's as good as what it was made out to be uh, when it came out. But there's a scene with Ray when she's sitting against the Mm -hmm. like relic of an atat, I think it is, and she's got the the helmet of uh X Wing Mm pilot and she's got it on. And it's like if that scene embodies like that that scene embodies fans around the world right now watching that film. Someone who's idolizes these what must seem like fictional characters to her uh from these wars and things that have gone on in the past. And that's the the first time I've like related to a character and I think as a result and I really like her arc throughout the new trilogy as well. Uh, I think I'm probably going to put down Ray uh, as my favorite uh, she, character.
0: She is, she is great, and He's I think on a lot. The, the thing that, um, my niece, um, uh, she was when did when did Force Awakens come out? So it was about, yeah, she probably been about seven when she saw it. Now, this was like, um, like Wars was The Force Awakens, and like she absolutely idolized Ray and then Jenner. So, after that, she'd probably be mortified because she's like 13 now, so she'll probably be mortified that I'm talking about it like this. But, um, it was just really cool to see her love a character like that the same way that you know I loved Han Soul when I was that age, you know, and, and stuff. So, that was pretty cool. Um, so a good choice. Okay, so um, before we go into the the countdown um, of how the snooty ushers ranked the Star Wars films, um, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about what your favourite moment is in the Star Wars. Um, so there's, oh, there's so many, and I, I kind of touched um, a little bit on mine. Um, I'm just going to kind of expand on it a little bit, and it, it it's basically the the end of. Uh, Star Wars Episode Four, um, or Star Wars, as it as it all will always be to me, and um, it's when this little band of uh, rebel fighters go to destroy the the Death Star. Um, it's just, it's just, I just loved it. I loved the whole kind of like David versus Goliath part of it. The lock S foils in attack position. Um, well, as I say that, I, I say I trace my my love back to that moment. But just at the end, you know, where all hope is lost and then all of a sudden, um, like Han Solo and then Millennium Falcon come flying in and he's like, he says, let's blow this thing and go home. And oh, just that whole sequence from Lock S foils in attack position to Great Shot Kid, that was one in a million. That is probably my favourite Star Wars moment of of the, of the, what, 11 movies um, that have kind of been out there. Um, and as I said, it kind of... When you said like James, you mentioned the fact that the Force Awakens got that feeling back, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and I can I can trace the, the the moment where it got it back for me as well was uh, when I can't remember the name of the planet is when Harrison Ford, oh sorry Han Solo and mm-hmm. Ray and Finn are on the planet scene in um and they are getting battered by the the First Order. And uh, like Han Solo just looks up and he says, "It's the Resistance." And then you see the X wings like skimming yeah, water, yeah. and like, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I was in a chair at that moment." Like mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, this, uh, I'm back," mm-hmm. you know. Um, and as I said, like I didn't like the Last Jedi, which we'll, we'll go to talk about later. And the moment that sort of crystallized Rise of Skywalker and brought me back to like the love of, for Star Wars that I had at the S-Files and Attack position. Was the Red Fives in the Air, you know, when like yeah, Luke's yeah. X Wing comes out of that, And I was just like, and it's amazing, like that I could track almost cyclical, mm-hmm. you know, the, my, my movies uh, started with Locke S. Files in attack position and ended with Red Fives in the Air. So yeah, I guess that's technically three moments, mm-hmm. but you know, <laughs> it, it, it kind of works. So, uh, James, over yeah, to you. Yeah, I was gonna
3: say it, it's like the, the it's that first moment that then echoes. If it wasn't that first moment, the other ones wouldn't meet. the other ones would be like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. But it's like almost, they almost elevate to the other moments in the other films, isn't it? Because of the uh, yeah. because of that bit. Um, and so, so talking of like iconic things, it's um, my favorite bit is the um, is the uh, the aggressive negotiations, like conversation that they have that um, Anakin and Padme have. Not, not, not really, not really. The CGI pairs <laughs> are just uh, <laughs> CGI pairs. <laughs> uh, not really. It's um, so it's. it's General nearly, Jar Jar, not it? Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was. nearly, as I already mentioned, the corridor scene. Um. um like uh, Darth Vader's just corridor massacre at the end of um yeah. at the end of Rogue One because that is just so badass. Um. But it is. It. it it's. It's probably the most famous scene. It's. I, I mean, I, I chose the, the most famous character. Well, I've, we've chosen the most famous characters as our favourite characters. I'm going to choose the most famous scene. I'm going, so I'm going to choose the most famous scene, which is uh, like the like uh, I am your father. Um, but, but but the reason for that is because for me it was the first time that I'd seen like a bad guy actually with a, a sort of a different level, a different complexity. Because we've, we've all, like the staple of, the, of like films is that, like the supposed like sidekick um, will will turn on the the person at the end and steal the steal the gold away, and like oh well, I thought he was a good guy, but actually he was the baddie all along. Was this a, this for me? This was the first time I saw actually actually the baddie might be a goodie that's, that's that's strange isn't it and so for like for like, the the young the young james that was an absolute that was an absolute turning point for me in like in like cinema where where characters could be you know i mean he's a he's a he's a guy dressed all in black like, like something out of a nightmare but actually he's actually human underneath it and that was like i think that's like an absolutely i mean it, it's the most famous scene um yeah, in, of course. one of the most famous scenes in in sci-fi and most famous film scenes in it's a wolf cinema history for me that that is my that's my favourite scene just because of what it what it kind of meant for the for, for me it was like a, oh wow a whole different level of, of character development that can happen uh, you know and as a as an eight year old I was when I first saw it you know it was
0: absolutely blew my mind okay cool uh, I, I'm almost terrified to ask but Rich
2: <laughs> so obviously since I've spoken about how I watched the uh, the, the... You know, series. Um, probably one of my favourite moments is when a nine-year-old climbs into an N1 Starfighter and proceeds <laughs> to take down a Trade Federation battleship, which uh, houses hundreds of uh, thousands of people, controls droids, droid armies remotely, and you know, it's got thousands of weapons and starfighters on it. But, uh, a nine-year-old can apparently pilot <laughs> in a big Starfighter, uh, shoots what? torpedoes, no problem. His Medicorians
0: uh, were off the.
2: So. That's that's exactly, but um, that's obviously not my best moment. Uh, of course not. Yeah. From uh, it probably has to be maybe one of the most iconic um tunes from the. Uh, it was on every polyphonic phone, you know. Everyone had the ringtone, uh, the Imperial March, and the scene in Return of the Jedi when um, so Palpatine's getting off the uh off the ship, or is it Darth Cities at that point? I can't remember. He's Palpatine, yeah. 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 <laughs> so he's coming off the ship, and uh, it's the first time we sort of see uh, well, that I can remember, that like Darth Vader sort of like bowing and kneeling for this uh, this guy coming off the ship, and then uh, the, the whole panel shot of the massive army that's in the hangar bay, and then it just cuts down to them having a conversation about um, sort of trying to get Luke to the dark side and uh, the both of them working together to do that. But then as the walk, you just see the sheer like the, the size of the stormtrooper army that he's assembled and it just keeps going on and it's like a scooby-doo scene it just you know <laughs> it's just one Ooh. after the other one after the other and i just remember that i was like like how have they done that like when i was watching them i was like there's like, like so many people on like in that hangar bay and uh it just i guess it was just the size of the army that they had and uh sort of seeing darth vader like bow to someone else like someone obviously stronger than him i thought uh Oh, that was absolutely mint. And obviously, you know, the tune, um, yeah. the Imperial March, uh, it was on mm. every single ringtone. I think yeah. it still is, to be honest, uh, mm. <laughs> in polyphonic uh, tone. But, uh, yeah, I just love that scene. Uh, and I just like how shiny and new the sh- all the ships look. Because uh, yeah. obviously, you know, when the boss comes in, you've got to tidy up. And uh, oh, yes. I yeah. think that's what's happened there. The floors are being painted, <laughs> the mops come out, SpongeBob's been put on the foyer. Um, <laughs> it's,
1: it's all been happening, hasn't it? <laughs>
2: Outstanding.
0: Okay, Dad?
1: Once again, another difficult decision. Uh, I originally had my answer as the Battle of Endor uh, just because of what it meant in the, the Return of the Jedi. But I've gone for something that, another, a different battle, which had me giddy in the cinema when I was watching it, from a, a Star Wars film that I don't think gets enough love, and that's uh, the Battle yeah. of a Jedi yeah. uh, in Rogue One, a Star Wars story when they're trying to steal the, the plans which are <laughs> for some reason, on, a, on some weird <laughs> could surely when you have build a Death Star, you can have them as a USB stick at the very least. Um, but I think going into it, uh, we we all knew what had to happen for the end of this one, for the people to steal the plans uh, to then launch the platform for a new hope and whatnot. Uh, we knew it wasn't going to end well for the heroes involved, but this Ooh. Dirty Doesn't Ask yeah. like, attack by all these... Fantastic characters who I would argue are probably on a whole more interesting in Oops. one film than the main cast are in the in the new trilogy. Uh, was exhilarating, and when the they've got the barrier and the, the ships can't get in to support them, and they finally get it down, mm-hmm. and Akbar is like, "Ah, oh, the barrier's up!" Like I had chills watching that in the cinema. I was like, even though I knew you had to, it had to happen, like you, you were going to get there, but it was just so fun and so exciting to watch. And it's it's a feeling I don't get often in the cinema anymore. I haven't seen too many films uh, over the years where you, you just sort of expect things left, right, and centre. The whole, this, the whole it, scene in general was so good. It was like, oh, I'm on the ground, just like uh,
2: you know, it was like you know, impending doom basically when like the the, the ship was covered, like you know, target that air, uh, well, target the area. Sure. Yeah, you
1: know, it's it's exciting ground battle. It's an exciting air battle, and I think. One thing that Star Wars really misses out on, and there's there's not enough like battles with sh- ships in space. There's not a lot. You'll get like a few shots here mm-hmm. or there, but there's never like any extended, prolonged battle. And this gives it. It's one thing I've wanted from a film for so long. Like Revenge of the Sith should have had it at the start, <laughs> but it didn't. It just had a little scurry. But uh, cool. Rogue One, pardon my French there. Uh, but Rogue One, it delivered on every level with characters that I loved. Uh oh, and I'm Sure, it anyways. Yeah. Demise and there. Uh, what's it? Oh. What's, what's his friend? So, no, uh, I, I think as well. Like I oh, think the just, thing that like so that whole film. I love it.
0: The characters of Star Wars, like your Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, and they, they say, "Are oh, they the heroes?" All right now. Like I, I've I've I talk a lot about heroes and what heroes mean to me and what it means to be a hero and everything, but they're probably the most heroic characters because they've got everything to lose. And the thing is, you know the fact that like yeah, Luke Skywalker's probably going to see the end of Star Wars and you know the Ray's going to see the end of you know Ryan Walker, but you you go in that Andor and Baze Malbus and all of these guys and Jynner, so man, they're not seeing the end credits of this film, are they? <laughs> you know, and they they just they did it anyway. You know, and it, it the was just, heroes. Yeah, and it was just everything they did was just so selfless and so heroic. And I, you uh, your spot. We'll talk a bit more about uh about Rogue One later on, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a brilliant choice, Dan, well done. <laughs>
1: I'm all, I'm already regretting my decision to well i placed Rogue yeah. One. well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's locked in
0: because I redoing it. <laughs> <So it's, laughs> but uh so just that leads us right on yeah. quite nicely to um we put our heads together and ranked the skywalker saga and we included um rogue one and solo the two sort of star wars stories um so how we did this uh we ranked them obviously one to eleven number one being the top number 11 being the bottom and if the film finished number one it got 11 points if it finished and eleventh place it got one point, and then we added them up between the four of us. And the following um, is how it all shook out. Um, so uh, we're going to do this in a kind of a top of the pops sort of style, um, <laughs> descending order, starting with uh, in that number eleven. So I'm not doing that. Sorry, Um <laughs> <it's cool. laughs> But uh, so obviously, in last place is Star Wars Episode Two. Attack of the Clones, um, <laughs> finishing bottom of every list apart from yours, James. Um, yes. So, but I just have to ask why. <laughs> oh, it's, so, so, um, I, I've always said
3: that I I know that Attack the Clones is 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 um the worst film, sort of from a totally like technical kind of point. From a from a the CGI pointless and horrible, and and you know there's that. The, yeah, it's, it's just it's just rubbish. However, in it, it, this list of favourite films, um, Phantom Menace had such a such a bruising effect on me as a as a sixteen year old Star Wars fan that, that even even twenty odd years later I, I can't that damaged my psyche. I still haven't got through that to to the ranking. So so um, you know, um, Attack of the Clones is a, is a terrible terrible film. It's just that like. Phantom Menace, like I, I give it like minus points, like because of the damage it did, that the, then takes it below, below Attack okay. of the Clones. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, but Attack the, yeah, if if I'm if I'm the defender of Attack of the Clones, I hate the film. So, okay. so there you go. So that's <laughs> so that, that's what. So that's what that's what that's what the person who ranked it highest on on these lists. That's what that's what that person says about Attack of the Clones. So you can put it on the poster.
0: I think the, the the problem with Attack of the Clones, well, there's many problems with Attack of the Clones, uh, is that it's just not interesting at all. Like you don't, you don't believe that anything these characters are saying to each other would what human beings would say to each other. Like even like the romantic moments between Padme and Anakin are just which seem God, way too there's oh, way too many of them, and I feel it's just terrible. <laughs> and, like. It's, so, the, you had not well received from a sort of like I, mean, I I have quite a lot of affection for Phantom Menace, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, like, I, so they say, right, okay, that the second one's got to be better. And it, if anything, it was worse, you know. It's like, yeah, okay, they took out Jar Jar Binks, other like apart from like two minutes at the start. But it's just like the, the whole thing with Padme when, and Anakin was, was dreadful. Then you've got like the CGI was just abysmal. Yes, yes, yes. Like it's like, why is it this bad? Um, the only re- the only thing now I, I said we were talking about this earlier in the week, and I said that Attack of the Clones is almost unwatchable. Um, and the reason I said almost unwatchable rather than Attack of the Clones is now unwatchable is for two reasons, and the two reasons are the clone troopers are just cool as. Man, I'm sorry. They're yeah, Timo like, Morrison's
2: so good in this. Yeah, like they're, oh.
0: they're just they're just great. And like the whole when they're all form performing at the end and everything, and that that was that was just looked amazing. And the only thing that saves that film for me, apart from how good the clone troopers look, is the scenes on Camino. Um like I just love like the the Camino um cloners. I love the long neck and I just love that design yeah, of that yeah. character. Yeah. Um and the scenes between you uh, McGregor and Tamura Morrison are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Anything else is—it's it's mm-hmm. just a bit. Even like the whole bit where the Jedi are fighting, it's just—it's not interesting. I was like, this is just—you mm-hmm. know—and—and and even like Yoda jumping about fighting Christopher Lee I was like, yeah, this I is just, yeah, <laughs> creamy peace, man. I was like. Was this supposed yeah. to be a great lightsaber battle? It's not. Mm-hmm. It's an old man fighting nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's just, yeah, it was just poor, poor, poor. I, I um, think it, it's, so, it's so
3: inconsequential as well. It's like, yeah. we, why have we got this middle section of the story that doesn't that it, yeah. sets up, it sets up things that no one cares about? Like, no one's I mean, so, so it's like literally, literally like that, the kind of 90 seconds has got like like um, Boba Fett you know, seeing his dad sort of thing. You know yeah. that is like it's kind of like almost like they could have been like little flashbacks of. of they could have been flashbacks in a, in a in a film that was, you know, a ninety minute film that could have told the two stories instead of a a whole pointless like. Oh, it's
0: just uh, I think the, so. Which makes it even worse. Which makes it even more frustrating. Is as I say I've I mentioned Clone Wars a few times, and that is telling the story so much better. <laughs> You know, like I the the problem I have was the well many problems with the original trilogy, but the, the biggest one is fit together. You know, like <laughs> so you've got a bit you've got a scene in, in um a New Hope right where Ben Kenobi says, um, you know that this is your father's lightsaber. He wanted you to have it yeah. when you were old enough, and I was like, no, he didn't. It's like yeah. he didn't even know the kids were born. Like, so how you so, and I get the fact hmm. that, you know, uh, the uh, truth from a certain point of view and all that, but nothing... So the, there was all these cues that you had in A New Hope and beyond that the mm-hmm. original trilogy had to set up, and it didn't set up any of them. It just... No. It basically told, the like, the story of how Anakin became Darth Vader, and even... They didn't really do that very well, either. No, no, no. No, oh, and... no, am kind of getting off attacking the clones a little bit, but it just... <laughs> it's as poor a film I think as I've ever seen it it would be up there with among some of the worst films I've ever seen and I remember thinking like the the sort of disappointment I had going to see Phantom Menace initially I remember going to the midnight show of Attack of the Clones and um coming out and the guy I was with had his friend was coming out I think I must have been going to like a two o'clock in the morning show because I couldn't get midnight tickets and the guy says oh it's, it's much better. It's much better, and I came out of it going, No, it isn't. It's worse." <laughs> you know, and um, it, yeah, I was just telling. And as I say, Kelly and I watched it um, again recently, and um, I was like, "I said, this is this is a struggle to get through." You know, it's,
3: it's, yeah, yeah, it's a slog, a real slog to get through, isn't it? Just to, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like George Lucas is going to make you sit there for two extra hours before he gives you the stuff you actually want.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So what about, what about you, boy? I mean, we've kind of monopolised the conversation on Attack of the Clones. Have you any other thoughts before we move on to The Phantom Menace? I hate it. <laughs> <There> you go.
1: <laughs> you, know, you know, when I came out of the cinema uh, when I was younger, I, I shamefully remember enjoying it, and that changed very quickly when I went back and rewatched it uh, earlier, late last year before I went to see Rise. And, I mean, it is dreadful but I don't understand what self-respect oh, woman or yeah. person yeah. puts up with the brattish whining of Anakin Skywalker through that, that entire film. He is just constantly moping and whinging, and boo-hoo, Obi-Wan won't let me do this. Boo-hoo, oh, and, 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 I so... can't do that. Get a grip of yourself? Like, is, is this the really the person who becomes but Darth Vader, that, so so The other thing ball. is, like,
0: the best, the, the, what would have been the best part is when he slaughters the Tusken Raiders, right? But they don't even show that, they cut away from it yeah. right, so now you've got, he goes back and he tells Padme right, who is this noble queen and senator and everything like that, so he's basically just gone and told that he slaughtered an entire camp full of women and children, and she just shrugs it off and like, oh. ah, you know, he's actually good at heart and all that. It's like, he's just murdered like an entire camp <laughs> of people. It's like, yeah, what they did was horrendous, but dude, she doesn't address that or call it out in them <laughs> at all. You know, and um, it's just, it's, oh, the film's a mess, are an absolute mess. Um, So, Alex, let's, let's move swiftly on to uh, <laughs> to to number 10 in the countdown, which is Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Um,
1: quite
0: yeah. um articulated your feelings on on mm-hmm. the Phantom this. Uh Rich, this was your introduction to Star Wars. Um so wouldn't like what did you think going in?
2: What the hell uh, is it all about? Do or? you know like, I mean watching it I watched it like maybe just under two years ago and the film is overly long. Like <laughs> I went back to watch <laughs> it. But I think when I f- the first introduction to it um I just thought it all looked mint, you know, like, um, obviously, the, the, it, they have big budgets. So, <clears throat> first off, it look class. And then I think the pod racing sort of hooked us as well. Because yeah. the pod race at that time, like, I don't know, was there any sort of, like, Fast and the Furious out round then? You know, <laughs> anything so, like that?
0: How old well, were you in 1999.
2: Well, being the same age as Anakin, nine-year-old in the... Uh, okay. in in The Phantom Menace, uh, I connected on a lot of levels with them. Um Obviously, I didn't have the genius intellect he had with um, droids and stuff. And uh, obviously, when I first watched The Phantom Menace, I had no idea who, like, you know, these C-3PO's and uh, R2-D2's were that they were sort of kept trying to introduce. Um, it sort of had everything that, you know, a child wanted in a film. It had, you know fast-paced um racing it had loads of like mad characters what would be in a, a a highlight of the film um as i mentioned earlier yes, and uh it, it, it was just sort of like galaxy you know expanded it went sort of like loads of mad places and uh, it sort of like took a 9 year old mind into like you know wherever you wanted really it was a uh, it was just a wild ride, I think. Um, when I look back on it,
0: because you were I mean, you were well, also around that age, you would have been about nine or ten as well. So, what what were your thoughts when you went? Because you'd imagine you'd have seen the trilogy before going to see *Phantom Menace*.
1: Uh, I was twelve, I think, when I saw *Phantom Menace*. It was uh, if it was ninety nine. Uh, yeah, um, I remember the excitement leading up to *Phantom Menace*. I remember the excitement of seeing it. I remember thinking as a twelve-year-old that it was really fun. I I think he's dodge pretty funny the at the time. comic relief for an year old uh, Yeah, like, it, as a kid, it was like, "Oh yeah, he's silly, isn't he?" Um, the I thought the droids were cool, uh, and I really I thought like the end was really exciting at the time. Uh, that all changed and I went back to watch it when it was re-released in 3D before Disney got the hands all over Lucas Lucas's properties um, and I've never been so bored I think in a film that I once enjoyed in my life in a cinema not only was the 3D completely dire and I've got my reasons to think that maybe the polarizer wasn't actually in front of the projector um, it was uh, you know the only thing at the time I quite enjoyed and James picked up on this earlier and I I had a different feel on it. Is I found the only thing interesting was when the Trade Federation were talking about <laughs> all the sort of business and stuff, I was like, oh, well, this is different, isn't it? I mean, it's, but it's not Has Star that Wars, ever been a cooler J. lightsaber I mean? reveal but it's than different. Darth
2: Maul's?
0: So first of all, how old well, were you in 1999?
2: Well, being the same age as Anakin, nine-year-old in the, uh, okay. in the Phantom Menace, uh, I connected on a lot of levels with him. Um, obviously, I didn't have the genius intellect he had with um, droids and stuff. And uh, obviously, when I first watched The Phantom Menace, I had no idea who, like, you know, these C3POs and uh, R2D2s were that they were sort of trying to introduce. Um, it sort of had everything that, you know, a child wanted in the film. It had, you know, fast paced um, racing, it had loads of like mad characters, what would be in a, a, a highlight of the film. Um, as I mentioned earlier, yes, and uh, it, it it was just sort of like galaxy, you know, expanded. It went sort of like loads of mad places, and uh, it's sort of like took a nine-year-old mind in a like, you know, wherever you wanted. Really, it was a it was just a wild ride. I think um, when I look back on it, because
0: so you were I you mean, were also around that age. You would have been about nine or ten as well. So. What what were your thoughts when you went? Because you'd imagine you'd have seen the trilogy before going to see *Phantom Menace*.
1: No, no, no. Darth, Darth Maul is a cool bad guy. He's got dual lightsaber. Everyone in the right mind was like, "Oh, that's cool," but but yeah, that the film is pretty drab and drawn out. And boring. No, definitely not. You go back progress, now and say it's, uh, it's pretty dangerous it for no, a nine-year-old yeah, to take part in that.
2: It's pretty irresponsible <laughs> of the mother, just to say, ah. yeah, yeah, he's he doing that for a living. It's fine. <laughs> Thinking back so, to it, so, the fact, the fact um, that he's
3: never he's never finished a race and not crashed, you know, yeah. doesn't, doesn't put her off. From I tell you what, let's, let's get an even bigger machine for you.
0: You know, it doesn't have a poor damper on it. Doesn't have like that kind of roguish sort of character and. Um, like so they didn't have that to connect with, but then like this the film was actually quite good in a kind of way. And like the, the end like they had they do the thing where you've got like Padme off doing one thing, you've got Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan fighting Darth Maul, and then you've got Little Anakin and he's fighter, so they've kind of did, did the sort of triple ending which I quite liked. And the biggest issue with, with Phantom Menace beyond the the, 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 the sort of well sort of trodden criticisms for it is doesn't really matter like you, it doesn't tell you anything new or it doesn't like Anakin off on his way it's just a bit of an odd f- film but I am the I, I I rated that quite highly I I think I put that um eighth out of uh out of 11 I ranked three films lower than Phantom Menace um and uh but uh, unfortunately everyone else ranked it 10th or 11, <laughs> so it ends, it ends as as number 10. Um, so we'll move swiftly on to uh, number nine is um, Star Wars Episode Three, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, so the, the I'll kick this off really briefly and just say this was touted as oh it's great and when it came out oh it's brilliant it's this it's that I was like well no it's just better than the other two. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but going back on it, it's not better than Phantom Menace, in my opinion. I think it's it's rubbish now. My biggest problem with it is um, *Revenge of the Sith*. Right, so but all we're hearing is how the Sith are this and are that, and they're coming <laughs> yeah. back and everything, but mm-hmm. they don't come back. So, mm-hmm. like, so they they may like the you know, destroy the Republic and all that's done and the Sith Lords are going to come back, but you've still only got Darth Sidious and Darth Vader. There's no other Sith Lords out there. I was like, are the only two of them? Like, where are mm-hmm. this dreaded thing that the Jedis are, t- are scared of? They're, they mm-hmm. don't do anything. Like, but, um, but yeah, I hated Revenge of the Sith more than, uh, or just slightly more, uh, slightly less, sorry, than Attack of the Clones. Uh, but I'll start with you, Dan. What, what, did, what uh, give me your thoughts on Revenge of the Sith? So I'm going to be the sort of champion of the Phantom Menace um, because I obviously I was initially disappointed when when I went when I went to the cinema to see it. Um, I say I'm a bit older than you guys, so um, I went. Uh, I am not embarrassed to say I went in full. Um, for all the only time I've ever done this, I went dressed as Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, it's so, gotta be a picture of that somewhere, is it? Do you know what that isn't, right? And I, I'm oh, actually quite what? disappointed because my costume is amazing. Like I had hair back then, so like I had um I'd gone out and bought like some like a fake ponytail and had shaved my head properly oh, and God. then tied it in so I had the Padawan ponytail and everything. And um <laughs> just came out fallen. Um and Because I hated like Jar Jar, I I just couldn't figure it out. And then somebody would say, Oh, yeah, but it's a kid's film. And I was like, Well, if it's a kid's film, why are they talking about trade blockades and and stuff? It's like, you know, you're you're either one or the other. Um, And so I I went to see it a a good few times um, at the cinema when it was out. Um, And I I kind of have a little bit of affection for it then. Uh, I always hated The Pod Race from when I first saw it to I just fast forward it whenever I watch it now. Um, but I watched it again recently. We just obviously we watched Matt Menace and then Clones, and I found this, I really enjoyed it. Um, now, yes, it has it has its flaws, um, but like anything in that trilogy, it starts. Something and doesn't really take it anywhere. Like they talk about Medichlorians and Anakin's Medichlorians being off the scale and then they're never mentioned again in the, you know, any other film. You I, know. Just,
2: I, I just think I never understood any of that when I went yeah, to see it. Was just it. Like, Even I
0: didn't. They've never mentioned Medichlorians in any of the other films and then they've never mentioned them since and it's like, oh, well, what's happened? Um But I think the whole, I just, like, I love Qui Gon. I think he's just such a calming mm-hmm. presence and I loved, like, the kind of. I mean, the, the biggest thing that that original trilogy is missing is it doesn't have... Uh,
1: so Revenge of the Sith was actually... I've only watched this film twice. I hated it so much after watching it at the cinema, I was so disappointed in it that I didn't watch it again until December of last year. Uh, Where my opinion slightly changed in, in favour over the other two. Uh, I just... Yeah. It's, it's just there. You know, it, it's there. It... We kind of knew where 1 and 2 were going to end up by this point. We knew that he had to become Darth Vader. Uh, it was just nothing exciting. and yeah. if you, yeah, Really badly as well. My like, he killed off me my point him, for dude. the whole thing like, for it. <laughs> just, I mean, I, it's, I, I like the sort of slow corruption of Anakin in the scenes with uh, the Emperor Palpatine when he's pretending to be a senator and whatnot. Uh, I think they're slightly interested in watching someone get manipulated, even though it is very rudimentary. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you just killed off Sammy Jackson. Like you don't do that. Like you don't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, I just, I've, you know, I've got no feelings on it. Yeah, I mean, I could have, I could have ranked one or three in last place equally. The, uh, cause the I, other I feel thing that little about I'm
0: going of. to mention very, very briefly as. Um, the, the bit at the end, before like Obi Wan says, I am going to go to Tatooine and watch over him, and then Yoda says, I've got yeah. a for you so you can communicate with Qui Gon. I'm like, Well, what's the point <laughs> of that? Like, yeah. we know Qui Gon <laughs> doesn't come back, like, it just it's one of the most infuriating. I hate it. If you guys get anything good to say about it before we leave, I've only going. seen it
2: once, and that's when it came out. And the only thing I, re- <laughs> like I really remember from it is the whole high ground thing at the end, and how like. Awkward that um, that lightsaber duel was at the end, where like <laughs> they were just on these floating rocks going down like the lava river or wherever there was, and I was like, this seems like such an awkward place to fight. And then suddenly you had the high ground and won. But that's honestly yeah, like, like the most I can really think about it. I've only seen it once.
0: Well, you're building up to this as well. Everything's building up to this big climactic battle between Anakin mm-hmm. and Obi Wan. And it's like the sixth best saber battle of the of the series, like, and it should be the best, you know. Like, <laughs> even the one between Alec Guinness and David Price was better, you know. And they <laughs> yeah. were both old men, Um but yeah. uh If everyone's happy mm. just to leave the prequel trilogy behind, shall we just, shall we just yeah. do and that? I think there's,
3: there's one thing. I'm, I think I think it's for attack um for Revenge of the Sith. Is it when you because it was it's was all on green screen or what, blue screens, whatever it was back then. And there's one bit when. Well, there's two stories from that. One bit, his, his direction was to walk into a room and look and look up. And when he saw the film, he actually he walked in the room and actually looked down because it was actually cgi would like, him to look a different way for no reason. And then also, there was something that when he, he was having a problem with, I think, I'm sure it was the final battle, he had a problem with, he was like, he couldn't quite get the emotional kind of beats right. And so he asked George Lucas for some, like, advice. God. And he said, oh, right, OK. He, 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 and his advice was, yeah, just do it faster. That was yeah. his advice. That was his, like... I, I probably got the story wrong. It's probably from something else, but you know, there's two things that I remember. I think I think they're both from Attack of the Clones. Uh, uh, sorry, Revenge of the Six.
0: Oh, well, that is the thankfully the prequel trilogy <laughs> done and dusted. So we'll um, we'll try and get through the you know, films. Uh, okay, so at uh, number eight is Solo, a Star Wars story. I think um, from my perspective, just a pretty solid um adventure story really i think it, coming on the heels of last jedi which i really didn't like um i'd pretty much washed my hands of, of of star wars after that and i was like well if that's the direction they're taking it and i it, i didn't watch solo until it came on sky so it was a long time after it was in the cinema um and it kind of just awakened star wars in a little bit to so that was kind mm-hmm. of to watching other things, and I I thought it was really good, really entertaining. So anything mm-hmm. anything major to say about? I think the only thing
2: role? I don't know if I would have liked to have seen Lauren Miller's version or Ron Howard's version more. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I just I don't know. I don't the direction of it was like a tale of two movies, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, I suppose yeah. so.
0: And plus, I think um, well, we've, we've obviously spoke about this in the past, and I think we've all got a lot of love for Donald Glover, don't we?
2: Oh yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> it's good. It's yes. a good, Lando.
0: Cool, 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 Dan. You got anything crushing to say about
1: Solo? Uh, uh, all that it doesn't get the respect it deserves. It's got some of the best action uh, yeah. in the Star Wars films, and again, like the little, I, I loved seeing how Han Solo's character went from he's being he's this very sort of uh, optimistic character in this, and then you become mm-hmm. obviously you see this progression of why he becomes the cantankerous uh, character that we get to oh. see in in the uh, original trilogy. Uh, yeah. I think pe- more people should watch it. I really would I have liked to seen Lord and Miller's version, but I'm happy with what we got. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's a really solid addition to the to the Star Wars, I mean, to the Star Wars saga. And if you're going to beat one of George Lucas's trilogy, I mean, you've done something right, haven't you? Well, absolutely. <laughs> and I, th- I think the other thing is that the 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 thing that the
0: only thing that annoyed me about the film was the Darth Maul reveal and then because i was like what what's going on there it's like oh but he's in the comics and he's in this and he's in that and i'm like yeah i don't care about that like what the hell like last thing i know he was falling in two pieces down a big mine shaft you yeah. know but uh but yeah so i I think solo is a respectable eighth i think uh i think i, yeah. I agree with that. i don't think yeah. it quite gets the respect it deserves but you know i'm i think my, my feelings on prequels are pretty clear i think mm-hmm. i think like go down that road again, but um, yeah. yeah, so I think uh, well-deserved 8th place. Okay, so moving on to 7th and it is Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Um I'm going to very briefly talk about this and say that I don't like it one bit. I think it took all the like the the good work done in Force Awakens, and then uh, bravely or stupidly, depending on which way you look at it, he tried to sort of beat his own path. I think it fell flat. I thought Luke Skywalker just came across as a dick in it. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to say no more about the Last Jedi because
2: uh, that,
0: that I have the same that, feelings as you wanted. Yeah, exactly I rated same. that. I rated that below uh, Phantom Menace. So like the only films that are. Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, so I am saying no more. So I will pass it on, to James, and you can take it from here. Uh,
3: yeah, so um, I think about the reason that uh, Force Awakens is a new hope with a, with a fresh counterplate. Um, I think this was, um, this was this wasn't just um, Empire Strikes Back sort of redone. It, it was something slightly different, and, uh, and that's kind of like what I really en- that's what I enjoyed most about it, to be honest. Um, in the same way that Rogue One was something different, and uh, and, and and how Solo we've mentioned, kind of wasn't different enough, really, to really stand out. I think that's why I, I think I like it more than more than uh, a lot, a lot of uh, well, more than you and more than Dave and Rich. Yeah. Um, one of the uh, so the, the the sort of the progression of a Jedi from from Padawan to Master. So none of them none of them take to learn particularly. I mean, think, think about think about Yoda sort of in his first appearance in um in a in a New Hope. On a, oh wait, no, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, oh, think, think, think of, I, I tried to get in before any of you guys did. Um, think about um, well, think about um, generally think about Yoda's kind of first appearance of what he's like as a mentor, and then imagine what how Luke then tries to be a mentor anyway. Um, but just also imagine the fact that he's also had this horrible thing happen with his uh, with his Padawan sort of already or the person he was training um sort of. Turn against him through his own fault, sort of thing. I just thought it was. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was something really, really different. I thought the, I thought the ending scene was really cool. The sort of, the, and I think Finn's storyline as well. I think Finn's storyline kind of peaked here, yeah. Um, with uh, his kind of like what what, what he thinks he, he he's ready to make that that sacrifice at the end when he's sort of powering towards the, uh, um, the, uh, the, the the cannon sort of thing they're going to try and blast the doors down with, and um, he 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 sacrifices himself, so in the fact that someone else. Knocks him off course that he doesn't, not sort of yeah. give himself up. Um, and the, the, the bit at the end when when uh, Paul Dameron's like uh, when um, oh, the name's got out of head. Um, when 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 Ray <laughs> when Ray introduces himself to Poe Dameron, and he's like, "Yes, I know who you are." I thought oh, that was a brilliant moment as well. Yeah. Really, yeah. really kind of... And and, so, and the bit in the the bit in the red that red room as well that fight. Was fantastic. That was really sort of like it was like one of the for me it was one of the best sort of like fight scenes in the in the in in the whole series it's like a, a really brutally done kind of fight scene. Um, and and part of the reason why I kind of rank this higher than um Rise of Skywalker is uh, the, the thing I did like of Rise of Skywalker which skipping a little bit is the fact that they kind of rubbed back on the idea of um of Ray. Not being anyone special, I thought it was a brilliant idea, yeah. and and the idea at the end with the with the kid just who picks up his broom, I was like, "Oh wow, this is like it's that idea of like sparking the revolution again?" Um, Midicorian and they kind happens. of rolled back on that. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. That's the thing. It's not. It's not. It's, it's the idea that it's not. Um, he said, it's, it's, "It's there's nothing special about about Ray, but she is like this is who she becomes." Um, I thought that was a great idea. That unfortunately they kind of rolled back on in. Yeah. In a and, and and like like i thought rise of skywalker still could have worked if 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 Sidious was still trying to just recruit Rey for, for her her importance rather than who she, she actually was i thought that was a a way the way they could have gone
0: okay so dan
1: you also rated
0: last jedi um quite high so what were what were your thoughts on that? Uh,
1: yeah well i think last jedi is the best of the new trilogy uh I really enjoyed all of Rian Johnson's uh, decision making. Like it zigged when it everyone expected it to zag, and in, you don't go you don't always go into a film like you, sh- you shouldn't expect things to play out the way you want them to. Yeah, there was a bunch of stuff like we everyone was theorizing what was Ray's lineage and everything after Force Awakens, and when it comes out and it. Gets to, it get, tricks you, it manages to trick you successfully and I think this is the way it's going to go and it gives you something else and the way the path it took was even better and Ooh. as far as I'm concerned like the, the whole her being nobody I mean how tragic is that for a character being yeah. told that you are nobody you come from nothing What you're, whoever you were it doesn't matter I mean, that, that's, I mean it's heartbreaking for her as a character and it's great for her development but then obviously you've got everyone who didn't like it and it's like, well, that's not what I wanted, so I'm going to throw me toys out the pram. Uh, I think Last Jedi is the, it's the most well-written out of the new three, and it's easily the best. I think if you're considering what Force Awakens was, was essentially New Hope 2.0 and Rise of Skywalker, as much as I enjoyed it, had it a lot of faults.
0: And that brings us on. To uh, our sixth place film, which is uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker, um, I think, yeah, I think it, it certainly did have its faults. I think obviously the untimely uh, death of uh, Carrie Fisher didn't help, mm-hmm. um, but it did mean we got to have um, Harrison Ford come back, which I don't think would have happened if Carrie Fisher yes. hadn't have hadn't have died. Um, I think the way I would I kind of would describe. Uh, rise of skywalker is like the last Jedi i kind of split sort of star wars fans down the middle like a lot some of them were on the side of that i was on i'm just saying that was just like i did not enjoy it one bit couldn't be bothered didn't like the way they took it and then a lot of people were like dan and james um so they loved it and loved the direction it went and so it kind of split the community down the middle and Rise of skywalker felt like that was trying to put it all back together and I was a little ham fisted, let's be honest. Um, like I think I, I, I kind of I think I actually said, oh geez piece, when uh, you found out that she was Palpatine's granddaughter. I'm mm-hmm. like, mean, oh, come <laughs> on, man. Um but there was just I had just had so much hope in that film that it would end the saga the way I wanted it to, and it did. So mm-hmm. I kind of forgave the shortcomings. I think, mm-hmm. I think would be the would would be the how I would kind of wrap up Rise of Skywalker. Um, I loved again they did the whole the the end echoed return of the Jedi. And as much as you had like Finn doing his thing on the on the ship with those stupid horse things, then you had like uh, Poe mm-hmm. and the the X wing. Uh, and then obviously Ray and uh. Let's call him Ben Solo. By this point, yeah. um, I thought that yeah. was that was really, I, I, I quite I thought it was it was quite a, quite a good way to end it. And as I say, it restored my my faith in love in Star Wars. So, mm-hmm.
3: I, th- I think when I, when I when I rewatched it, one thing it does it pulls together. It actually borrows it, on, it pulls a lot of ideas from the, the prequels more, more than I kind of expected. Like I've just really I, I did really enjoy it. It's just I, I didn't like the the rolling back on the fact of. Uh, of Ray's kind of lineage and
0: parentage—that's just one bit I couldn't. Yeah, it was just. Oh, no, it was good. Do you, what do you think? I mean, I mean do you think if because it was supposed to be Colin Trevorrow that was that was going to direct that one, wasn't yeah. it? Um And uh, it kind of after the the sort of massive backlash of um, the Last Jedi, they kind of went back <laughs> to to J.J. Abrams and I, I, What do you think would have happened if Trevorrow had done it? Do you think he would have continued on what Johnson did. I think because so, it, it was it was it was going to be Johnson's script, wasn't it? I
3: think yeah. Trevor was going to direct a script from Johnson, so I, I, I assume it would have gone would have carried on that way. But I, I, I still think it wouldn't have been like, like I said. I think it still would have, could have still still had the same like character beat. It's just if he was if Palpatine was just trying to if he, he was trying to recruit her because of who she was, as in as her importance to the to the to the Skywalker family lineage sort of thing, rather than the fact that because she had. This power that came from grandparents and stuff. If if it just been, if it just been like because of her own power, that I think that the story could, could have worked the same way. Yeah. And and if if, if they didn't have they have that the sort of stories of like Ben Solo being the one who's got this familiar this family kind of line of the the darkened light kind of fighting in, inside him. I thought, I thought the story could have done the same, the same yeah. story. Just I, I didn't like the fact that they kind of rolled back on that that kind of one idea.
0: Just I think the the like the 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 entire series of the nine movies Mm -hmm. um, doesn't it doesn't fit together as overarching narrative like at all like in no way shape or form no no Um, no. so uh, I I was a decent I mean I edited the way I needed it too I think which is more um, anything to say about Rise of Skywalker
1: before we move on. Yep, so I thought Rise of Skywalker is enjoyable, but it does make some uh, egregious uh, decisions uh, with how it plays out with certain characters. They've put it down to how much the script was changing behind the scenes, but I think the marginalization of the character of Rose Tico was, quite frankly, unforgivable. I think there was an opportunity there to stand up against bullying and hate and trolling online. Uh, no person should deserve the backlash that came here. uh Kelly Marie Tran's way after The Last Jedi and to not have her feature practically at all in that film was disgusting. I mean it didn't—it nearly prevented my enjoyment of the rest of the film because I sat there the entire time thinking, are they seriously not going to give her anything to do? Uh, Throw in the fact you had Finn, who's this other really interesting character, just spent the entire time of that film shouting Ray, I've got something to tell you. And then doesn't say doesn't get the seller. <laughs> and you're like, what? Oh, it's in the book. All right then. Yeah, I'll just go by the book to find out what happened. Get over it. Yeah. Uh, and I think the you know the action's enjoyable. It was pretty much non-stop from start to finish, and it really kept a high pace, which is very unusual for a Star Wars film. Uh, and all the action sequences really worked. But it, it does cop out here or there. Uh, and alongside the Rose Tico thing, like the the, the whole Chewbacca. Potentially die and reveal. Like, that what? was like a, a real grand moment. It was like, wow, not only have we revealed this, but that has been a result of it. And then the next scene pretty much is, oh, by the way, we had a ship behind the rocks. And Chewbacca's <laughs> yeah. on that one. It's like, oh, come on, man. Like, if Rian Johnson was directing that, I had a feeling he might have killed him off. Yeah. Which would have been, yeah, no one wants to see Chewie die. But, you know. We saw how effective everything was with Rogue One. Like, is no, is nobody going to be, be sacrificed in this? Like, is is no lead character going to have an tr- opportunity to put themselves out there? Uh, yeah, it's it's not the best of the new trilogy, but it's, it's not the worst.
0: Okay, so that moves us on to the top five so we've spoke about a lot of the top five so we're gonna try and move through these pretty quickly but um number five is is the force awakens i think we've, we'll all agreed that it was an enjoyable kind of rehash of um of of a new hope now uh, myself dan and james um all worked in a cinema during the release of force awakens now i um was fifteen years in the cinema, um, and I have never experienced anything like working on that film. Like um, dad and I have both commented about the fact is that working on that film nearly killed us. Um, and uh, while it's slightly probably been a tad over dramatic, I got very ill after it, um, just because I was so run down. Um, so it kind of takes the shine off it in a in a kind of weird way. Um, but as I say, I I loved it. Like it kind of reignited mm-hmm. my passion for Star Wars. But so I mm-hmm. I, I kind of like think good and bad of it just because of my experience working on it. Did you boys find something similar or bit of a retread for me? But it was i just really I, I did really enjoy it. It's just I, I didn't like
3: the the rolling back on the fact of uh, of Ray's kind of lineage and parentage.
0: That's just one bit I couldn't. Yeah, it was just. It was, it was good. To, do you what do you think though? i mean do you think if because it was supposed to be Colin trevorrow that was that was going to direct that one wasn't yeah. it um and uh it kind of after the the sort of massive backlash of um the last jedi they kind of went back mm-hmm. to to jj abrams and uh, what do you think would have happened if trevorrow had done it do you think he would have continued on what johnson did i think because so, it, it was it was, it was going to be johnson's script wasn't it i think and
3: yeah trevor was going to direct a script from johnson so I, I assume it would have gone, would have carried on that way. But I, I, I still think it wouldn't have been. Like, like I said, I think it still would have, could have still, still had the same, like character beat. It's just if he was, if Palpatine was just trying to, if he, he was just trying to recruit her because of who she was, as in, as her importance to the, to the, to the Skywalker family lineage sort of thing, rather than the fact that, because she had, this power that came from grandparents and stuff. If, if it just been. If it just been like because of her own power, that I think that the story could, could have worked the same way. Yeah. And and if if, if they didn't have they would have that the sort of stories of like Ben Solo being the one who's got this familiar this family kind of line of the, the darkened light kind of fighting in, inside him, I thought I the thought story could have done the same, the same yeah. story. Just I, I didn't like the fact that they kind of rolled back on that that kind of one idea.
0: It's just I think the, the 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 entire series of the nine movies. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't it doesn't fit together as overach oh, no, no. like at all? No. Like in no way, shape, or form. No, no. Um, no. So, uh, I, I was a decent. I mean, I edited the way I needed it too. I think, which is more. Um, before we I go think, to the top three, I just, I
3: just wanted, to, I just want to say something like, like something that Dan said about um, uh, Rise of Skywalker. And um, I think Rogue One. I think why it's so good. It's, it's basically it's the last chapter of all of these characters' lives, kind of thing. Yeah. So you don't you don't you don't see these you don't see Kandor like you know you don't see his whole life story. All, all we're watching is basically the last, the last sort of pages and the sacrifices they make in in the Star Wars. And you know you could make a prequel to Rogue One that'd be you know wouldn't be anything as like interesting probably. Um, well, but yeah, I, I, it's just, I, I, every, are
0: they doing? not Disney Plus doing a Cassian Andor TV series? Oh yes, yes, also well, yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess we'll find um, out. <laughs> oh
3: yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just it was every character from <laughs> so uh, Daniel Mays at the very very beginning. All the way through yes. to, you know, the the last. Yes, yeah. We um. So I, I was working at a smaller cinema at the time than than uh, than you guys were, but it was it was just, yeah, it was just such a. I mean, cinema's got its challenges. It's it is a great job, for the most part. It's just there are certain challenges in it. Um and yeah, of was one. I can I can tell this. Um, we we were doing a technical run through of the film the night before it came out. Um and someone had bought tickets. For the midnight showing the next day obviously um and they came in a day early and i was i was telling them oh, unfortunately, i'm really sorry that we're, you know it, it's, it's out tomorrow we, the, the, yeah the dates are confusing aren't them when it's midnight on a day and this sort of thing uh and as i was telling them this i was like yeah no I'm, I'm really sorry. yeah obviously we're not showing it right now as i said that the sort of the fanfare blast from the from all, all eight screens that we've been <laughs> test it in. uh and i was like uh yeah we're just uh we're showing um showing um a new hope for the for the team a, a little white lie i told to the these
0: guests were uh, I thought you were about to, uh, to say that you let uh, come down to see it. I was like, "Did you oh, still no, work oh, for the no, cinema, no, man. No. No, no. Sorry, no. Uh, Rich, uh, you, you weren't working at the cinema during this, so like what were you what was your take on social uh, media?
2: It was actually a, a pleasurable experience, <laughs> you know. I, I went, got me a big bucket of corn and a <laughs> big drink, <laughs> uh, sat there. Left a mess afterwards and just thought someone's going to have to sweep <laughs> that up. <laughs> mm. but, but obviously I went in, I, I went to uh, Metro Center to say it in um, IMAX and um, just seeing the queues. And it, it, mm-hmm. it's it's that part of your mind that goes, I'm glad I don't work here anymore. Like when I just saw like the absolute manic uh, state of just everything, I thought, my Iconnage. God. Yeah. Into the one just, just just because I've I've, I've I've like experienced sort of busy times but like judging of what you, you've said it's like this was crazy like you know I, I remember the cinema opening avatar used to be a nightmare when like queues and yeah. that weren't in place barriers weren't there but like the way you talk about this it was 10 times worse and just just going there opening night i could not imagine like um uh, you know unsung heroes as we've been talking about uh it's just a really like, wasn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it it's so it's so compressed as well the, the only thing i can sort of like liken it to was um uh, when when endgame came out and it was just so it was just so from from the first from like the first show of the day all the way through to the the last show of the day everyone would be sold out um it's kind of like it was just yeah it was, it was just
0: crazy yes it was So that is um, the... So there's quite a nice symmetry to to our rundown here, um, given that we had (laughs) Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace, Revenge of the Sith, then a Star Wars story, then we had Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, Force Awakens, and at number four is One, a Star Wars story. So um,
1: I think... Why did you rank it higher than Star Wars? Um, I think it was just... I think Star Wars is a good film, but I don't think... One thing I will never be able to experience is how good that film was when it first came out uh, in the 70s. Whereas I think Return of the Jedi, as a kid watching that, and then watching them all, it had more action in it. And there was a bigger payoff, I guess, throughout it. And I think the, the cumulative effect of having a trilogy like that, which would have been like the, one of the first really trilogies I would have experienced uh, in in film form, uh, I mean, it's something I really love, and I think the battle for Endor at the end is great. Yeah, it's we all love this, and I, th- I think
0: we, mm-hmm. when Dan, uh, mentioned the the battle at the end. I mm-hmm. I think that pretty much sums up Rogue One. Um, I just love uh, Cassian Andor. I just love the kind mm-hmm. of the fact that he is a bit of a a bit of a rogue, but you know he is mm-hmm. he a hero at the end of it, and. um but yeah, so does anyone get anything they want to add to what we've talked about? Rogue One, the last
3: sort of shot of Carrie Fisher, you know, it's 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 it's, it's just it almost almost everything about it works, you know, it's just so good.
0: Excellent. So that brings us on to the top three. Um, so at number three, um, we have Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. And um, this one, we haven't really talked too much about this. This was my favourite film as a kid. As I say, this I saw this at the cinema uh, on release day. Um, so like that's my one thing. I am old enough to have seen a Star Wars film on release, which was Return of the Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just I loved it. I loved Lando Calrissian flying the um, Millennium Falcon. Um, as I say, I was six years old, so I thought the Ewoks were amazing. Um, you know, like the, of course, they kind of become more irritating the older I've got. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, no, the Return of the Jedi for me is uh, is fantastic. So, um, Dan, excellent. So, James, you ranked it particularly lowly. Why did you rank it so low? Yeah,
3: it's just because it was well, for me. It was uh, the, like the main. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't too like uh, original when I was choosing my favorite characters, and I just felt like the, the kind of the main characters kind of got sidelined a bit too much. Um, like like. Three PO should be a sideline character, not a, ma- a big major plot point. Um, like if, if you're going to do it, you, use them like you did in Um Rise of Skywalker. Like don't think of yeah. come in the whole thing of him coming, the king. I was like, well, even as a kid, I was like, nah, nah. And um, I I never I never found that Ewoks as, is... I, I mean, I, I, let me get this right. Let me get this straight. I had um Return of the Jedi um pillowcases and, and bedspread as a kid. So I, I I do really like this film. It's just um, other ones are just slightly better for me. It's just it, it, it's it's the weaker it's the, the lesser of the three of, of the original trilogy for me it's just although it kind of does end the, the trilogy really well there's just a bit too much sidelining of the main characters for me in it
0: okay um so that moves on to number two so number two is star wars episode four a new hope um so this um is my favorite film in the trilogy um I'm not going to, I think we'll just, I'm going to draw a line under it because I've I've talked enough about, <laughs> about Star Wars um, and I'm going to hand it over to you guys but um, this was, it's just my a, 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 a sort of defining moment of my childhood I'll, I'll leave it to that. I
2: liked it so much because it uh, first it introduced me to Yoda
0: Ah yes, of course <laughs> Yes, definitely and, uh, that, Was that Yoda voiced by Catherine Hepburn?
2: Ah, uh, that's one? right <laughs> <laughs> i I did like i did like a new hope um you know what i've said you know i've I've, um i don't have as much reverence for you know everything and you you look back now and yes it does look old but man the story it sets up and the 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 sort Mm. of the the world building it just does i mean did you expect it would go on for like this long back then i mean obviously you started four so you think you would just get like you know (laughs) one two and three but yeah um, (laughs) you wouldn't think like the the absolute uh, cult it spawned like, uh, just from this one film. it's uh, So, you know, it, it, it technically should be rated highest um, because, Ooh. you know, it started this whole thing. But uh, I loved it. It's, uh, you know, it's got some iconic lines in it, and uh, it just sets up, um, you know, years and years and years of uh, love oh, and affection.
0: And it, it, the thing yeah. is, it, it can be looked at as a self-contained film as well, isn't it? I mean, it, it just, yes. Like, yes. It, it doesn't have to go anywhere, it just sort of um. But yeah, so I think um, I think we'll move on from Star Wars because we kind of talked a little yeah. bit, and we'll use kind of the last bit to talk about our number one film, which is Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I do. I, I mean, who doesn't love this film? I mean, it, it's just, <laughs> it, it it's just it's so such a down ending. I think as well as it just. And can you imagine this came out in when did it come out? 1980. So you had to wait three years to find out what happened to Han Solo. And this is like way before the internet, and it's just. Um, so I I ranked this third uh, out of all, um, and the rest of you boys ranked this number one. So I'm going to let you all talk about it. Um, so we'll start with you, Rich. Um, why is Empire your favourite?
2: I think it's just the Battle of Hoth is probably like um like probably the best battle out of like all the films. Uh I mean that could be, you know, completely wrong, but it's uh they it don't win my well, opinion. But it just it looks so good even now. And they're just um I'm not sure how the film did. Was it was just tiny props or something, was it? <laughs> just awesome. sort of like yeah, yeah. messed around with them but it just looks Ooh. so good and then the whole like you know wrapping around the legs and stuff it's it's iconic and um just everything about that scene I think is why uh I love it and you know there's it, the whole storyline about um the, the main part of the film is Darth Vader he's trying to turn Luke Skywalker to the dark side and uh, all about his sort of um struggles with that there's there's, there's a couple of battles going on you know it's physical and mental battles Ooh. happening it's uh it's got <laughs> a bit of everything uh but yeah it's 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 just fantastic, uh, I can't, the Battle of Hoth is uh, up there, very good. Excellent. Daniel?
1: Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head before when you said Star Wars is very much a self-contained film. Uh, that's a new hope that I'm referring yeah. to. Uh, and I think for me, like Empire was like, I don't think I've seen a film open up its like yeah. world-building as much as Empire Strikes Back has done uh, in other, any other franchise. I mean, I love this film not only because obviously great story, Battle of Hoth's great, the carbonite scenes great, the mm-hmm. father bits great. I mean, it is packed full of twists and turns. But as I alluded to earlier, when I couldn't pick, had trouble picking my favourite characters, there's so many like little pieces here or there, like the wampas. like the Wampa creature was like, oh, this is cool. Then you've got the bounty hunters, cool. oh, this is even cool. Then you've got the Tauntaun, and it, it, it's got, cool. it's, I'm just like as a kid, it's like, what's all this crazy stuff? It looks so cool. I mean, and I'll be honest, as a kid, I didn't really get the, the twist. Nah. Um, <laughs> yeah. To me, I, I'm fa- fairly certain I asked my dad or my mom, like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I, I was too young to really grasp it. Uh, but obviously, see, yeah, subsequent views, it, it means a lot more. But I think it it's literally got everything, and it expands on what Star Wars created and takes it to another level. And I think without Empire being the way it was, I don't think you would have had any Star Wars really be...
2: I just, like it's it. just influenced so much in the sci-fi oh, okay. like world as well, so it's obviously done like a load for just film in general.
3: When Rich was saying that, that kind of like, A New Hope set up the, the franchise. Uh, I was going to say it is this. I was going to say this film did pretty much set up basically science fiction franchises. I mean, you had like you've got yeah, sort of, sort of Star Trek running it alongside, but they're kind of like Star Trek. is just like one film that follows the other, um, whereas um, Star this 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 kind of meant that you could have Okay,
0: James. Final thoughts?
3: Yes, yeah. and then you sort of you open you open your world up more and more, and it's just yeah, like Dan said, it's it's the the reason why we have a Star Wars franchise. I think it's the reason why we have yeah, you know, I mean, obviously Marvel doesn't happen without sort of Star Wars happening. I think, um, so yeah, I think it sci-fi, basically the the good and the bad that sort of sci-fi has become is kind of down to uh, Empire Strikes Back. I think.
0: Excellent. Well, that's, I think that's a good place to leave it there. Um, so, before we kind of move on, I um, I don't know if you boys have seen uh, the, the news released by Disney today that um, uh, Taika Waititi is going to be directing the next cinematic release of the Star Wars universe. Um, mm-hmm. It was uh, just announced today. Um, as I say, we're recording this on May the 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as I say, he directed if, correct me if I'm incorrect, but uh, didn't he direct the, the finale of Mandalorian? He may have done. Um, but they've confirmed that it's not going to go to Disney Plus. It's going to go to the cinema. Um, so that could only be good news, can't it, for the future of Star mm-hmm. Wars if, if he's involved? Oh yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's he's an absolute an superstar.
3: I mean, he. Yeah. So if, if anyone doesn't know, he, he did Thor Ragnarok. Um, he did, and then he also did stuff
2: like uh, Hunt for the Wild People and. Uh, um, yes, George or Robert. All yeah. shadows.
3: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: It, yeah, yeah, it seems yeah. that he gets a lot of control and a lot of things like he gets his say mm. on films. Like oh, Thor Ragnarok him, was Thor oh, yeah. Ragnarok was completely outside the realm of sort of what had been done in the Marvel mm-hmm. cinematic universe before. So it's uh it's it's as long as he has sort of like creative freedom, then I think you know it's going to be um a winner.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So that is going to do it for this week's uh, Snooty Usher podcast. Um, next week, um, we. Uh, we'll be talking about all the 70s films that we watched this week but we obviously just uh, talked about Star Wars instead Um, so hopefully (laughs) you can join us then Um, all that remains for me to say is thank you very much James Thank you Dave Thank you very much Rich (laughs) Thank you Dave And thank you very much Dan Thank you Dave and thank you everyone else Outstanding, it's been another great podcast and we will see you all very very soon Thank you very much How, how old were you in
2: 1999 then, Rich, when you went to see it? What's that? Is it 19, maybe? Okay, so you were... 20. Yeah. So I thought, like, what? you know, there's, there's there's lots of... What?
3: No. no 21? No, no. You're just, no you weren't. Were you 19, did you say? When did it come out?
2: Did, it's 21 years
3: right?
2: ago. So take 21 years off your... <laughs> oh, you're right, like, oh, shit, yeah, it was 21 years ago. What am I talking about, like, about? Nine or ten, mate? <laughs> right? yes. yes, nine <laughs> or ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah but 10 year old I'm just we'll gonna text, cut that
3: out
0: okay. Next, Anna again Anna come and give him a slap <laughs> You
2: yeah, I was thinking it was later than that yeah uh, 1999 anyway. just, should we should we do that back again should we do that back again
3: Wait, I love the idea of 19 year old Rich watching the Phantom Menace and being like oh wow
2: oh wow you. this is great
3: this is <laughs> I've never seen anything like this
2: in my life <laughs> We'll we'll do that again, right?
0: We'll start. We'll start that again.